0: Hi, guys, this is Zach with the Paradox Institute, and today we will be responding to Forrest Valkyrie's Sex and Sensibility video, specifically on the biology of sex.
1: What is the.
2: Oh, hi there! I
3: wasn't actually reading this. My name's Forrest. I'm a biologist, and I make educational science videos on the internet. Not too long ago, I made a TikTok video about what it means to be trans or intersex. And ever since that day, I've been tagged in about a thousand different videos of people making the same stupid arguments that we've all heard a million times. Things like, you don't oh, you're say direct stupid arguments, or huh? boys act like this and girls look like that, or if you can't change your gender any more than you can change your age or your species. And I figured that I could make a bunch of different TikTok videos, each one trying to cram into 60 seconds just how asinine these arguments actually are, or I could just make one solid YouTube video <laughs> that explains in layman's For terms how this whole two gender <laughs> system works or doesn't work from a biological perspective. Before we begin, however, we're going to need to get a few things straight. First of all, humans are animals. We are living things, and we are not plants, and we are not fungi, and we are not bacteria. We are animals, and we obey the same laws of
0: Like you said, how does he know? How does he yeah. know we're animals?
1: Well, yeah, okay. First of all, if we're going to talk about classification and taxonomy...
0: Let's start with that, what what how we classify things. Yeah.
1: And if we're human, and that's a solid thing, like we're human... Mm-hmm why can we as humans get organ transplants from animals like there's infamously a study that was done where they were growing pig and human hybrid organs for Mm -hmm. transplant to make them more successful in humans um which is (laughs) like that's horrific yeah but um so yeah why that why (laughs) if we Like, if that's a solid thing that we're humans, what does that mean? Like, why are we not on a binary, like, or not binary, A um, why are we not on a bimodal
0: scale
1: between pigs and humans?
0: Right. Why is there a category that we can say is human and a category we can say is pig, even though we share, like with most mammals, the vast majority of our genes in common? How can we differentiate those categories?
1: Exactly. So why are some categories rigid in Forrest's mind, but not others?
0: Right. So he's going to be talking about how male and female are not rigid. Right. But he's saying right here that species, that species divide, at least with like the examples he gave, Mm -hmm. that that divide is rigid. Right. Fungi, plants, animals Mm -hmm. across those different kingdoms, that those are are real divisions. But then he'll say that... Male and female are not actual realistic divisions. And see,
1: that's the trick he plays, is that all of these things really have overlap. mm -hmm. They all have overlap.
0: Right. And just Um, because two categories or multiple categories overlap in certain traits, it does not mean that those categories are socially constructed.
1: Right. And this whole stupid argument he's making (laughs) falls apart anyway as soon as you get into identities like non-binary or the neo-pronouns, like I said in the last video, because he's saying he's going to go into the brain sex. He's only talking about categories like male and female, but then, okay, well, how do we classify like non-binary, like other than appropriating DSDs, which we can only treat because we know which ones are male and yeah. which ones are female. Yeah. We only can identify them because of the sex binary. Right. We can only identify what even ovotestes is. Yeah. Because we know what ovaries are and we know what testes are.
0: Mm-hmm. He'll get into that later in the video too. Yeah. We can, so... we can do that. Talk about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So even something of... like non-binary in terms of people identifying yeah. as non-binary, it it's... references itself. To male and female, right? Like it, it defines it itself in been reference been to male and female.
1: Reference back to something, right. And it's just really silly, yeah. But he's like doing this, and then again, deconstruction without construction, yeah. There is no replacement for anything. Yeah. Like he's 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 establishing that there are solid categories, yeah. But then when it comes to humans, suddenly, oh, oh man, when it comes to when it comes right. to sex. Oh man, that all falls apart. Like right. we can't we can't have those categories anymore.
0: Even though sex is a far more categorical, far stronger divide than something like species because yeah. sex in the two sexes existed far far before most species. Yeah. More than a billion years ago. Yeah. And so we'll get into that detail yeah. as well, but yeah
1: sorry we could just debunk (laughs) this whole thing right now in the first five minutes but (laughs) let's continue
3: (laughs) nature as every other animal i'm throwing this in here right at the outset because i want to try to avoid the insane argument that we are somehow special or have some privileged place in this world we're not and we don't right second of all throughout the course of this video i'm going to be arguing against the binary model of things like sex and gender but i'm still going to use terms like male and female and girl and boy This is just for the sake of convenience. If I were to make a long form argument like this and have special language for the whole thing, this video would be unwatchable.
0: So he's already
1: unwatchable, first of all.
0: He's going to use the (laughs) terms male and female. Yeah. But he says that these, it's just for convenience. Well, It doesn't, they don't actually have a real foundational meaning. he's,
1: He's saying that, but you know why it's convenient, buddy? Is because, You cannot define gender, any gender, because they say there's no way to be this gender. You don't know for sure if that's female. Don't know for sure if that's male, because there's this case and that case. And, oh, can't say for sure that this is, you know, non-binary, because there's no way to be non-binary. There's no way to be a man. There should be a way to be a woman. Like, so then it's meaningless. There is no definition that he could use. There's no term, because the term is not referring to a category, an observable thing that we can look at and be like, yep, that's, that's that. What or term? Like any term any for term? gender. Like he can't use any term.
0: Yeah. Because he, he's saying that, that yeah. sex is he, not a real category. No,
1: gender is not a real category. That's why he can't use a term Yeah. other than boy, girl, male, female, yeah. man, woman. He can't use anything else because he cannot define it. He can't observe it. He can't measure it. He can't establish a definition for it because non-binary can be anything. Trans mask can be anything. Yeah,
0: All these different genders that we're talking about. Yeah.
1: All of those things can be anything now. And if you say otherwise, that is transphobic. So he can't. Yeah. Like he can't. He can say fungi, he can say fish, animal, whatever.
0: Because we don't have identity. Right. An identity ideology attached to those right. labels.
1: Why can he use those terms? Why can he use boy, girl, man, woman because we can see it with our eyes, we can measure it, we can study it, we can definitively say that things are those terms mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's it's a set of characteristics that we have applied a name to that's all it is so that's why he can't
0: he can't say, not use yeah, those terms and and he can't
1: use any anything else that's why because
0: he, we have a shared language right. for when you say male and female or boy and girl or man and woman mm-hmm. we have an understanding of what those terms relate to in the yeah. world what characteristics they're describing right. right and so that is why he can't dispense with them is because right. they are real categories that exist in the world real physical right. systems that exist in the world
1: but even then he would probably say well there's no there's no real way to define boy or girl or male or which female he will, or, he will do yeah, yeah i'm sure because i can already see the trajectory of where this is going um which is why he can't do like a video where he would use whatever made-up term yeah. he wants to use, whatever magical gender term he wants to use, like, it's it's not going to go anywhere because it would just be a circular definition of, well, you can't really, I mean, usually, generally, yeah, and, that's well, the pattern. actually, and then it falls apart, and then gender means nothing other than how you self-identify. See,
0: here's the problem. So as he goes through this video, as we'll show, he continues to deconstruct and deconstruct and deconstruct and then he tries to uphold and reinforce gender gender identity as a category but he has no basis to stand on.
1: Right, yeah. Like
0: he's destroyed all his foundation. Yeah. So it doesn't actually help. No. Even the people he's trying to support. It
1: really doesn't.
0: Cuz he's arguing for categories that can't I, be defined or the destruction or the dismantling of categories ultimately. I
1: really don't know how he has a a fan base in the trans community, because he's trying to say that there is a definitive way to be trans or whatever, like
0: with his brain sex hypothesis that we covered. Yeah. Not just brain sex,
1: but biologically like, Oh, like there's, there's a basis for being trans. There's Mm -hmm. a big, because you can't, you can't definitively say that you're one Mm -hmm. sex or the other. So, He's trying to establish that there's there's some some essence to it or some way. But really it's just up to self identification. Yes. Which is meaningless. Because
0: those who do identify as trans or just specifically trans activists, they yeah. do not want a criteria or measurement right, for being don't. trans. So
1: locking them into, oh, there's there's some criteria or some measurement, that is you know trans-, trans
0: yeah like exactly
1: the magic magic thing you can't define and shouldn't shouldn't even try to define really right. because that's because you then you're enforcing
0: be- categories right. which is very much against queer theory which is about dismantling and subverting yeah categories and subverting the norm
1: right
0: okay let's continue
3: so, I'm counting on you to be able to follow along. You're also going to need to understand some pretty basic <laughs> biological terminology, don't, so I'm going to run through a very quick overview. If you on don't me. want to sit okay, that, just let's jump see. to this part of the video. But I strongly encourage that everybody to <laughs> stick around because this might help avoid some confusion later on. Cells are the most fundamental unit of life. In fact, they're the smallest things that we can call alive. Your body is made of lots and lots of cells of all sorts of different shapes and sizes that all do different things. DNA is the instruction manual that your body uses to do most things, mainly just making proteins. You have DNA in almost every single cell in your body. A long stretch of DNA that codes for one particular thing is called a gene, and a bunch of DNA, a bunch of genes, all squished together and coiled up into a little wad is called a chromosome. Humans have 46 chromosomes that are broken up into 23 pairs. You get 23 from your dad and 23 from your mom. Each pair does pretty much the same thing. By the way, fun fact, if you were to take all of the DNA out of just one of your cells, all 46 chromosomes, unwind them all and stretch them out end to end, it would be about as long as me, a little over six feet long. And that's just in one cell! Another term that you're going to want to know is the term dimorphic.
2: Well, so first of all, height, but... <laughs> yeah. first of
0: all, you have the different categories of gene, chromosome, right. DNA. Those are different categories that have specific functions in biology. Right. And he's describing those functions. But how how can he do that? If...
1: Right. Also, I love that he said humans have this many chromosomes. Yes. which and does not get... account for chromosomal disorders.
0: No, it does not. But he'll get into that later on. Yeah, I know. But, but
1: that's what I'm saying.
0: Right. Like, if he's going
1: to deconstruct based on, oh, well, you can't call it this because, you know, you have this exception sometimes. Yeah,
0: isn't that, isn't by saying that humans have a certain pair of chromosomes, that is what he's saying is the standard template, which he directly argues against later. He says there is no standard template later. Right. He just said that there's, that's the template.
1: So
2: That's
0: what humans are given. (laughs) And he says that they're given a half by the mom and Mm. half by the dad.
1: Mm. What are what's a mother and what is a mother? Exactly.
0: Exactly. There must be some meaning (laughs) for that.
1: It is so hard for me to watch this and not just like (laughs) yell at him the whole time because he's just he contradicts himself. We're just getting started, so you better buckle up. Oh my god. Why did you do this to me? It's a it's a weekend. (laughs) I don't need this kind of stress on a weekend. (sighs) So
0: now he's gonna talk about dimorphic.
3: Great. Di means two, morph means shape. So dimorphism is the state of having two different shapes. This is what we call it whenever a species has differently shaped males and females. And in a case you want to know, the term for having males and females in the first place is called being dioecious. A monoecious species only has one sex. A dioecious species has two.
0: Okay, this is the first part where there's a, just a blatant error. And it's in the definition of dioecious and monoecious. Dioecious and monoecious are terms that are used in plants, specifically, and they're a way to describe sexual systems in plants and how, how male and female are composed in plants. Dioecious is a term for a plant that has separate males and females, so an indi- one individual plant will just have male flowers, and another individual plant will just have female flowers. So di, too, and it's separated into, into two different plants, the sexes. In two different plants. Monoecious, he said, Monoecious describes species with one sex. That's not true. Monoecious is a term for male and female systems where the sexes exist in one plant. So, for example, one individual plant will have a male flower and a female flower. So it's two sexes in one. It's not one sex, it's two sexes in one. That's why it's mono monoecious and
1: uh, he got something wrong catastrophically what a shock oh
0: yeah. my gosh with, with the Especially actual with the
1: definition yeah exactly oh my gosh <laughs> that the... is so weird because he loves definitions and yep. being consistent I got it that. wrong oh my gosh
0: with the actual with the actual suffix Aus that means that describes the arrangement of sexual organs it's how the male and female systems are composed. So die just means separated male in one individual, female in another individual, and mono means male and female in the same individual. Two sexes in one. So that's a basic error that he, he had at first. I
1: think have you done that in a video, like covered that in a video.
0: I have not. No. That'd you be should. helpful too. Yeah. Yes. Because there are many complex terms yeah. for sexual systems in plants, but there's still male and female systems. <laughs> It's just there's different ways that those male and female systems are composed.
1: So like a hermaphrodite would be monoecious.
0: Yeah, monoecious okay. and hermaphrodite are technically interchangeable. However, in plant biology in, in botany, hermaphrodite has an even more specific meaning okay. than monoecious. Okay. So monoecious specifically describes, like I said, a single plant that has a male flower and a female flower. But hermaphroditic plants, it's an individual plant that has what's called perfect flowers. They have male and female parts on the single flower oh. on the same plant.
1: And see, that's what I feel like we learn about the most in biology class. Mm-hmm. It's like, like in high school. Yeah. yeah. It's more like the, the hermaphroditic the plants.
0: The hermaphroditic plants, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's detail that he didn't mention. And he also got those terms wrong. So we're mm. off to a great start. Yeah. Let's keep going.
3: I'm probably going to use quite a few more terms throughout the video, but I'll try to explain those as I go along. I don't want to give you, like, a whole word bank here, so let's get started with the concept of what sex actually is. In biology, sex is not just the term for the act of reproduction through gene blending. It's also the term for how we characterize and categorize males versus females. And in the world of biology, your sex is determined by the size of your reproductive cells, which we call your gametes. If you have lots and lots of very small little gametes, we call those sperm and you're a boy. If you have relatively few, very large gametes, we call those eggs and you're a girl. Now, right away, you can notice that there's a pretty big problem here. What if you don't have any gametes? What if you're infertile? Does that mean that you're neither male nor female? The thing that you have to understand about biology is that all we're trying to do is define and calculate what nature is already doing all on its own. Life makes all the rules and breaks all the rules all the time. So as biologists, our job is to try to just carve out a hole for the peg that nature has already given us. And not everybody's going to fit into that slot. The
0: point So first of all, At the beginning, he says that sex is determined by gametes. This is a fundamental error that he's doing. When he says determined, he's using the term wrong. What he means when he says determined is I think that's how we identify or observe sex Mm -hmm. is by gametes. But in biology, the term determined has a specific developmental meaning, which means the trigger or the developmental decision that determines or that decides what path you'll go down. So whether you, whether your gonad will differentiate into male or a female, whether it's testes or ovaries, that is how sex is determined. It's, it's, that's the determination decision in mm-hmm. development. And then as you develop, then you develop the internal and the external genitalia, and then we define your sex based on your reproductive system, And how it relates to sperm or egg production. Mm -hmm. But he was saying that sex is determined by gametes. No, it's determined by genes in humans. Yeah. Developed in the womb and defined by the reproductive anatomy you develop.
1: So, um, kind of bothered me that he's saying, like, it means you're a boy or a girl rather than saying male or female, because one thing activists love doing is saying no boy girl man woman are different than male female right no one is conflating male female with boy girl man woman is what they'll say because gender is different right Mm -hmm. so that was weird first of all Mm -hmm. second of all what age range is this video for because why would you be i don't know it feels it feels condescending to be talking to like adults and being like that means you're a boy and like (laughs) rather than when these terms apply not
0: only to obviously like every individual and humans but across all these species so and we don't say that that a male dog yeah, as is a boy. A boy. <laughs> I mean, we do, we but do like colloquially, but it's, not, yeah, it's not. It's not the
2: scientific yeah, term. Yeah, no.
1: And if he's trying to be like all super sciencey and whatever in yeah. this video, which, well, um, <laughs> like, wouldn't he? Shouldn't he be using male, female because right. that's the overarching term? Right. Like, it it feels weird for right. him not to be using that. I don't know. It just it feels kind of condescending. Like he's trying to make it for kids or something. Or yeah. I don't know. It just, it feels weird.
0: Let's also talk about the infertility fallacy that he brings up. He says that, well, what about people who are infertile? Well, my response is, if I define what an eye is, or we define what a kidney is, it has a certain function. If I then say, well, what about blind people? Well, that doesn't call into question what an eye is. It doesn't call into question the eye's existence or how it functions. It's just saying that, well, there's certain people where that function is not present it's not functioning correctly
1: and we know like this is how we can treat medical conditions again I'm going to come back to this this is how we can treat medical conditions that are treatable that are fertility conditions that are a condition where someone has lost their sight or what have you because we know what the overall structure is what the parts are what goes into it and how like with the technology that we have we can restore that function
0: right. all biological systems have a structure and a function right and just because that structure cool. is maybe not functioning does not mean that the structure is not there doesn't mean that we can't define the structure yeah. and the same concept applies to sexes to male and female males and females have specific reproductive structures involved in producing and releasing either gamete type and, and just because it's not doing that at that time doesn't yeah. mean that they don't have the structures and right and we
1: can see that on not just a level like you know, with humans and organs and that kind of thing, but we can also see it on a micro level with cell structure and their functions. Mm -hmm. Like that's how cancer develops is because the function of the cell is corrupted and it ends up like going bananas. And we can see that on a macro level with ecosystems and how they function with the water cycle and how it functions. And when something's wrong with it, we can identify what it is and try to fix it. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, like, it's weird that he's trying to say that because something may not function properly, like, as it, it should be functioning, like, that means that, oh, nature just breaks the rules sometimes yeah. just because it feels like it. Like, it's not a rule that is broken intentionally or by design or...
0: It's not even a rule that's fun. broken. Yeah. It's, it's just that the the structure is right. not it's currently just that functioning.
1: Something went awry in that particular function and it's not able to work the way it's supposed to. And like that can cause a lot of other issues because it's like a, a ripple effect. So it's it's really offensive and just ignorant to say yeah. like it just nature just breaks the rules. Like, come on, really How do we
0: treat infertility? A male develops and he's infertile he can't produce mature sperm how do we know he's a male first of all yeah it's because he has the testes which produce sperm right and we can treat him potentially and see what's wrong inside those testes because we know what the function of testes are and
1: how do we know what menopause is how do we know what a menstrual cycle is we only know that a menstrual cycle needs to happen in females because we know what a female is because we know what the function of those structures are
2: mm-hmm.
1: and same thing with menopause. Like it, it's so bizarre to me that he's doing this. Oh gosh. Yeah. And trying to act like he's doing it without offending anybody. And he's doing it for the benefit of people
2: yeah.
1: because by erasing taxonomy, by, by turning taxonomy into Swiss cheese, this way and and putting holes in it and whatever he's not helping anybody Mm -hmm. and he's spreading misinformation and he's acting like it's unimportant Mm -hmm. when it's extremely important like if i see a snake just telling me it's a snake is not going to help me like do i know if it's a venomous snake do i know if it's endangered do i know like is it a snake that's more likely to bite or not like this is why taxonomy matters and classification yeah. like, matters.
0: If you can't classify anything, you also can't treat any medical right. problem. You, you don't, you just don't have the tools to do it. Right. So that's why I mentioned the fact of somebody who's infertile is yeah. because you have to have those taxonomy tools mm-hmm. to actually treat people right. and improve their lives and health and help their bodies function. Like,
1: who are you helping, Forrest, by saying, oh, well, you know what? Sometimes nature just breaks them rules and you're just infertile and that's totally cool and fine. And there's no, don't do anything about (laughs) it. And don't try to, don't try to figure out why or if it affects any other systems in your body or whatever. Like, it's cool. Here's another (laughs)
0: thing to mention. and, And an interesting way of thinking about it is that not every single person, like infants, infants are not born with the ability to, actually produce mature gametes yeah that waits until puberty now i know that females are born with all the eggs they will ever have but they're not mature oocytes they take time to develop and they don't become fully mature until singular ones are selected at puberty to mature right so you can think of sexes male and female As like organs, but with long developmental times Mm -hmm. before they begin functioning with their evolved function Mm -hmm. of producing gametes. Yeah, so humans
1: are a system.
0: Yeah, otherwise we wouldn't be able to say this infant is a male or this infant is a female. We're looking at the structures and how those structures then relate to gamete production over time. We know Mm -hmm. that if you are born with a penis and testes. Over your development, you're going to be able to produce sperm yeah. at puberty if nothing goes wrong. Yeah. And that's why it's a developmental process. It's a life history strategy, yeah. as one philosopher of biology puts it. And that's something that needs to be talked about and is important to understand.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a system that's in development. And that Mm -hmm. has, again, this ripple effect, these these events in your life based on your development and based on your age, which is why you can't identify as an age. I know he was like saying that that's like, oh, ludicrous to compare it. But it it is. It's a similar thing. Like you can only function in certain ways because your age determines like, yeah, when things kick into gear. So yeah, like, you you develop these processes and things as you age Mm -hmm. and as you grow and develop and mature Mm -hmm. all your organs grow with you and and age with you so yeah it's it's to say that any of it is just interchangeable or just like Mm -hmm. oh just a throwaway thing like they act like your 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 genitals and your organs your reproductive system basically is this separate detached inconsequential thing which again is also dangerous because in females and males your reproductive organs do end up regulating a lot of other systems yeah. like especially in females <laughs> like we learned with when we were studying the menstrual, mm-hmm. menstrual cycle yeah like all of that contributes to bone health organ health mental health like yeah, yeah. so
0: Yeah, the obfuscation of that can be really dangerous. It is dangerous. And create medical misinformation. That those differences don't matter. Exactly. And that's not true at all.
1: It's not true.
0: Okay, let's continue.
3: The definition of sex is not unique here. There is almost always some wiggle room, some gray area, in almost every single biological definition of anything one of the reasons I became a biologist because life is weird as shit. So yeah, the fact that I just gave you an actual textbook so, definition and then immediately blew I a big hole in, in it should give you a pretty good idea of how the rest of this video is going
2: to Ignoring the yeah. fact
3: that an individual of a dioecious species might not have any gametes at all, the fact that we base sex on gamete size in the first place raises a lot of serious concerns. There are several species that are dioecious. They have males and females, but their gametes are all the same size.
0: Huge error here. Huge error. He's talking about isogamous species, species that do not have male and female sexes. They have what's called mating types, where these mating types produce gametes that are the same size. They don't produce sperm or eggs like males and females. They produce gametes that are the same size, same behavior, and they, don't, they invest equal levels of resources into the offspring. Isogamy is a more ancient form of sexual reproduction that exists in fungi and algae but it does not exist in most of the plant and animal kingdoms. And so to say that they're male and female sexes, no biologist worth their salt would ever define an isogamous species as having male and female sexes or conflating mating types with sexes. In fact, the biology literature makes it very clear that mating types imply isogamy, same size gametes, and sexes, male and female, imply anisogamy, Differently sized gametes with different levels of contribution yeah. to the to the zygote.
1: So again, this bothers me because he's obfuscating like again, um, by saying, Oh, some species. He's not saying that it's fungus, he's not saying that it's algae. Yeah,
0: exactly. He hasn't described. He's saying species.
1: some species. It could be kangaro. He might hear, but I can't remember. Like,
0: but we'll see. Yeah, let's yeah, keep going and we'll see. see.
3: They differentiate into what we call mating types, which you Mate could types. call like male and female, but the only thing
0: you could not call them male and female. The biologists call them plus or minus or give them dis- different types of designations because they understand that male and female are defined by differently sized gametes, sperm and eggs.
1: More uh, appestation. Yes.
0: But-
3: you'd be going off of there is who's giving and who's receiving the gametes and if we tried to define everybody that way then things like seahorses would have their sexes swapped because the females deposit the eggs into the males and then the males fertilize them and give birth to live young
0: again obfuscation he's trying to make it seem like the biological definition of sex is arbitrary but in seahorses it's not arbitrary we can define them as male and female because we know that the male is the one who provides the sperm yeah the fertilizer And the female is the one that provides the eggs, even in seahorses.
1: He's using the, oh, giving and receiving. Giving and receiving, yeah. Yeah, But we do not
0: define sexes by giving and receiving. We define them as the contribution of the different type of gamete. And in seahorses, though the male does receive Mm -hmm. those eggs and then fertilizes, he fertilizes the eggs and he carries them in his pouch, basically. You kind of think of it almost like a kangaroo in a way. Yeah. But he, he then like releases those after they're developed, but he still is the one that provides the sperm. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes him male. That's what makes him male just like any other male is that across all those species that they're defined by the one that provides the sperm. And that's mm-hmm. what he doesn't describe here. He tries to make it seem like it's arbitrary, but it's absolutely not arbitrary as any biologist would tell yeah. you.
3: Also, there are a few species that have more than just two gamete sizes. For example, there's one species of fruit fly that has one size of egg and then three different sizes of sperm, each produced by a different type of male. So we should really be saying that there are four different sexes here, or at the very least, we could say that there's two sexes, but one of them is broken down into three subclasses of male, one of which violates the whole definition of sex anyway because their sperm is actually bigger than the female's egg.
0: Okay. Two things. <laughs> <laughs> he packs in a lot there. He, he tries to make it seem like the definition of sex is arbitrary. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, he is taking the gamete size definition way too literally. Like, the gamete size definition is a shorthand for what the two different reproductive functions represent. Okay. So, sperm tends to be really small and motile, it can move fast. And it is often produced in large numbers. And that's because it provides little to no resources to the zygote. It's basically like, like a I don't know, like a, a missile or like care package that goes into the egg yeah. and like provides the other half of that genetic material. Whereas the egg is often larger because it has to have all those resources for the zygote. And it's not the size difference itself that defines the sexes. It's, the, it's what those size differences represent, those two different roles in reproduction. Further, and, yeah,
1: um, I do want to clarify with this particular gnat when he's talking about the size of the gamete, this particular gnat, it's not that the sperm, like the little head of the sperm is bigger than the egg, it's that the tail is just really, really long. Yeah. So that's what he means. It's, so it's, it's not, not the, actually that it's yeah. like this huge sperm coming for the egg like yeah. no. It just has a really long tail, but he sees that as like oh it's so much bigger no.
0: Yeah, it's the egg is still bigger in volume by yeah. far because it holds more of those much more of the resources mm-hmm. for the zygote. Whereas that sperm, it's still really small in the head but it is yeah, super yeah. long. In fact, it's 20 times longer than the fruit fly's body. Yeah, that would be like a human sperm being you know, twenty <laughs> times longer than than a human male. Right, it's but crazy the head's long. But still
1: really tiny. So. Yeah, yeah. So what happens
0: is they actually, when they when they ejaculate the sperm, it's actually wound up in a ball. When it goes into the female's reproductive tract, it unwinds and unravels. And one reason for that is actually sperm competition. That in this species of fruit fly, a healthier male is one who has longer sperm. And the longer sperm competes with the other sperm. And usually the longer one wins out. And so that is one reason why that, that fruit fly has such long sperm. But again, we can still define the males in that species by the fact that they contribute the sperm. Right. It doesn't matter that there's three different sizes of sperm. They're all sperm. Yeah. They all contribute the same, the same way. And they're, so, they're all males that way. So you can't say that there's four sexes because the sexes are defined by right. the two different gametes.
1: And you can't really say that it's a subclass because that would be like, oh, well, this in, you know, in humans, this person tends to, or this group of people, this culture has, you know, shorter legs than humans and other cultures so they're actually a subspecies right like
0: a <laughs> yeah, subspecies yeah are, yeah Human, right. yeah yeah so that doesn't work yeah
1: yeah and
0: again again we are not defining sexes by like what the traits look like we're defining it by function mm-hmm. that's why we can say that even though there's three different sizes of sperm right. they all have the exact same evolved function of fertilizing the female's egg. Mm-hmm. That's why they're males. That's why it's sperm.
1: Right. So unless Forrest wants to get into eugenics territory, then
0: <laughs> <Yeah. Seriously, laughs> I it's... think
1: he wants to start making subclassification <laughs> arguments. <laughs> like...
0: <laughs> yeah. Because that... then you could, like, you could do this argument to an infinite degree. Yeah. You could divide everything up based on just the traits and what it looks like mm-hmm. and saying that this is a new category of thing completely just because right. it has a difference in this trait.
1: Yeah. Just because it like looks different or yeah. is a different size. And it's
0: a really superficial understanding of of biology. It's it's not understanding functions. It's just, oh, what does this thing look like? Okay, that's different. Like, no, that's not how it works.
1: He looks so personally offended in this. He still. does
0: look really offended. <laughs>
1: yeah. Which I I wanna pause for a second and say, like, yes, I make faces throughout his video, but it's because he is so condescending like <laughs> his video very and very yeah. like just arrogant and I he don't, comes across yeah. as though he
0: has uh, all this conflict complex information that yeah. that nobody else understands and that he's right. like the savior to provide it all and you gotta yeah. listen to him and yeah it's just and
1: not... i don't um i don't take kindly to people arrogantly misrepresenting information Especially when it comes to things like biological sex, because I have so many friends and things like that that have DSDs and it's, or even like infertility and things like that. Like it is extremely offensive in my Mm -hmm. opinion. So to see somebody with this level of arrogance do that, I, I'm sorry, but I don't respect you. And I'm gonna make faces when you make stupid claims, and when you're being an arrogant jerk. So yeah, yeah. That's, I just want to clarify in case anybody like wants to accuse me of being in bad faith. This no, is... I'm I'm listening, and I'm being respectful in what I'm saying. But I don't have to keep my express. I would I would make the same expressions if he were saying this to me in person. To yeah. <laughs> like, mm, <laughs> sure, okay.
0: This is the same. This is the same standard that you'll see with other people talking about the sex spectrum that are presenting that they're often very condescending and they they act like they have all this new amazing information that you didn't know in high school biology so we're gonna teach you a lesson you know that kind of thing and it's it is really condescending yeah and it's not meant to educate and really teach people the depth of knowledge right and
1: if you are going to be that condescending to people who like that's as far as their education went or whatever like Everybody's trying to understand, so when you're being, like, a pompous, arrogant jerk about it, <laughs> like, especially when you're incorrect about so many things, it's, it's incredibly offensive, and, like, I don't have to, uh, I don't have to be super sweet about it.
0: So. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's see what he says next. Mm-hmm.
3: By the way, in case you were curious, here's some bonus vocab words for you. The term for when a species has more than one size of gamete is anisogamy. The term for having just one size of gamete is isogamy. So, if you wanted to sound all smart and important, you could say that humans are a dioecious, anisogametic, and moderately sexually dimorphic species of primates. Also,
0: so it's anisogamy and isogamy. And anisogamy is the definition for. Species that have male and female sexes, whether those sexes are defined in one individual, whether they're composed in separate individuals like humans, we're anisogamous. So he's correct about that. He says we're dioecious. And you can use that term for animals, but technically it's a plant term for, as we said before, you know, a male Mm -hmm. plant and a female plant in separate individuals. Yeah. And humans, if you want to use a term for dioecious... It's actually gonochoric or gonochorism, and that is a specific term that applies to animals, just animals. And that is where individuals are either male or female through their entire life cycle. And so, we are an anisogamous species. Humans are gonochoric. We have male and female in separate individuals. We cannot change our sex. yeah
1: so if you want to actually sound smart don't say what forrest said because it's not really accurate
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and we are moderately dimorphic he is right Mm. about that um we don't have uh, extreme extreme difference between male and female bodies compared to other species in humans but that doesn't mean that There are no differences. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that male and female cannot be defined. It's something that people conflate a lot is that different. We're
1: very different in our bodies, but just not as extreme. As extreme, yeah. As some others Yeah,
0: you can take like spiders. There's some spiders often where the males are tiny, tiny, and the females are huge. Like the black widow, for example. And that's something people conflate a lot is they'll say that sex is a spectrum because there's that variation in dimorphism. Mm -hmm. But dimorphism describes the extent of the difference between male and female in a given species, mm-hmm. whereas binary just describes that there's two sexes in a species. Right. It doesn't say like how dimorphic they are.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So to have dimorphism, you first have to have the binary.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It has to be binary male and female, and then dimorphism as the layer above that. Yeah. You know How different are they in body and behavior?
1: And... We don't have sub females. Yes, that are different <laughs> heights. Yes. or muscle density or whatever. Type same A thing with, female, right. type B female. Yeah, same thing. We with don't males. have that. No.
0: <laughs> and I'm sure there's slight variation in the actual literal size of the females' eggs across yeah, different individuals.
1: Probably there's different like, like very small in the, differences. The vaginal canals, Yeah, like with with penis. So there's
0: going to be so. variation, but again, we have to understand variation in relationship to actually, like, how those systems function. Yeah. Even though those eggs might be different sizes, they all have the same function, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. yeah, that's that's an important thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can move to the next part. Well,
1: even with males, like, yeah. that's part of what goes into fertility treatment for males, is yeah. measuring, like, the size of the the size of the tails, the size of the heads, and yeah. things like that. So, yeah. yeah. And we, we don't yeah. have subspecies of human males based on... Yeah. <laughs> on, or sub sexes of males based on that. No, we don't.
0: Then you'd have to just create an infinite mm-hmm. subcategory system. Yeah. It would never end.
3: The whole idea that you're just born male or female and that we should just go with what's on your birth certificate is deeply flawed, to say the least.
0: This is a big one. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, <gasps> more than... <laughs> About 99.99% of births, you can accurately predict sex just by looking at the external genitalia alone. Just that marker gives you an accurate marker of the baby's sex. And there's really very rare cases, about 1 in 5,000 births, that might have genitalia that looks ambiguous. But (laughs) after additional screening, screening their gonadal tissue screening their internal genitalia, doing a genetic screening. They can put those traits together and see, oh, they developed down the male path or they developed down the female path. And so to say that the idea that we're born male or female is deeply flawed. How can you say that as a biologist?
1: Well, I mean, um, he's right to the extent that it doesn't happen when you're born because I'm pregnant now, Forrest, (laughs) and they know my baby's female so yeah. um, they were able to see that already <laughs> and she hasn't been born so yep. um yeah is that a wedding ring like someone actually married this man
0: <laughs> can't tell maybe sorry
1: i can't imagine like <laughs> what is the definition of marriage is that fixed like yeah. i mean just when you're gonna when you're gonna say something like that like make a claim that's that profoundly like wrong Mm
3: -hmm. and
1: stupid like i can't imagine what else he misrepresents in his day-to-day life like i really can't i really cannot imagine what kind of person he is normally like
0: i just i can't (laughs) believe he made that claim
1: wow and again, with such confidence. and that I, hmm.
0: we, we have done, we have done carry, what's called karyotype studies where we study the chromosomal makeup of infants and we look at their body to see if it matches what's with their chromosomes. And we have found through studies of tens of thousands of newborns that going back decades, that in 99.99% of births, the chromosomes match the genitalia. And match the phenotype, and that there's no ambiguity at all. And so, to say that we're not born male or female—that's just insane.
1: Again, the is deeply flawed. Like, no, it is not deeply flawed. Like, again, this is where he is misusing language and just
0: yeah,
1: obfuscate. It's not even obfuscate. It's a a complete misrepresentation. A lie. Yeah, it's
0: just a lie. Like it really is. When
1: something is deeply flawed, it means there is a huge error, like a huge categorical error that needs to be rectified. Okay? Like this is not that. We classify sex and we observe it and we record it. That's what's happening. To to say that what is happening when that when that occurs is deeply flawed like really really like oh my gosh like what else does he think is deeply flawed like medical treatments oxygen like i mean really like there are systems in medicine that depend on understanding biological sex from like while your baby is still in the womb, sometimes that comes into play. Like <laughs> I I just
0: let's let's see what he says about why it's deeply flawed, if if anything.
3: There are several species that are completely hermaphroditic, making both sperm and eggs. There are several species that are sequentially hermaphroditic. They start out as either male or female, and then later on in life they switch. So, what does that
1: have to do with what human is, What
3: does it have to do with humans? Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Being deeply flawed. Like, babe, that's <laughs> not the same thing. Like, <laughs> please. Like, so let's oh clarify my gosh. that.
0: So, he said <laughs> the idea that we as humans are born male or female is deeply flawed. And he, he suddenly goes to other species that have hermaphrodites yes. or sequential hermaphrodites. Now, first of all,
1: like that's deeply flawed. What he just did yes, is that's deeply, absolutely flawed. deeply flawed. To, to say that it's, that the recording of sex on your birth certificate, it based on like how we classify sex and everything, is deeply flawed. Mm-hmm. And then jump to like hermaphrodites and other species. That's deeply flawed, Buckaroo. Okay, like don't. <laughs> oh my can, god. And we can
0: still define male and female in those species because. They have male and female roles. It's just that they're yeah. composed in different ways. Yeah. The, the simultaneous hermaphrodites, like in slugs, they have male and female in one individual. Two right. sexes in one. The clownfish or the sequential hermaphrodites that change sex, we know, which, we know whether one is male or female depending on what gamete type they're producing. It's producing sperm or eggs, what role they're fulfilling. Uh-huh. They, they can switch between them depending on environmental circumstances. Right. But that does not mean that male and female are undefinable. No, we like can, that's the only reason we, we can define, define yes. them as changing sex is because we know what male and female are in the first place. Now, when like, it comes to humans, no human is a hermaphrodite.
2: No.
0: You'll see in the medical literature that they often use the term hermaphrodite or have in the past for humans with rare developmental disorders, but that is a misnomer. Mm-hmm. Going back to 2005, there is a call to abandon the word hermaphrodite applied to humans because it's clinically problematic and scientifically specious it doesn't have scientific footing right a hermaphrodite by definition is an animal that can reproduce as both male and female it has both systems Mm -hmm. together in in one it's a species strategy humans don't have that species strategy at all no and to call a human with a developmental disorder a hermaphrodite is a pejorative it's ignorant it doesn't help the actual patient get medical care it doesn't describe their actual condition Uh, and so That word should be abandoned completely.
1: Yeah. And it's because of like, this is why the spread of this kind of misinformation and crap that he's doing is so offensive and like detrimental is because I have a friend with Klein Felters who's, we talked about this in our last video, whose doctor said that oh, he didn't actually need his medical treatment, his testosterone and, and whatever to survive. He he actually could just stop taking it. and but he just needed to accept his gender yeah, identity. Yeah, just choose to accept his gender identity as like a lesser male, I guess. I don't really know what this doctor was suggesting was supposed to be his gender identity. like.
0: So that idea that there is no there is nothing considered healthy development that right. any development is just okay and healthy and normal. Right. That that's really dangerous. <laughs> it's yes. really dangerous. Yeah.
1: Like he needed this testosterone treatment to live. Like it's not like when trans people say, oh, I need the hormones because if not, I will, you know, unalive or whatever your term yeah. YouTube determines is okay to use here. But it's not the same. Like, this is an actual condition that if he did not get this testosterone, his body would shut down and he would die. And it was very painful and uncomfortable and, and everything for him. So this is why I cannot stand the like what Forrest is doing. Yeah. And I can't stand what other activists are doing. Because it's affecting real people with real health conditions. It's affecting women and like, just, yeah, like I, like our healthcare as females is already so lacking and it's already so misunderstood. Like most people just accept that, oh, just, you know, take birth control for endometriosis or PCOS or whatever, not understanding that that doesn't fix the problem. And that it can lead to other problems. And that just stopping a period is not healthy. Like stopping your menstrual cycle is not healthy. Like it can impact your bones and all kinds of other systems. So yeah, like just that kind of rhetoric is taking us backwards in healthcare. It's not helping anybody. It's not progressive. It's not progress it's not healthy, it's not helpful, it's not kind, it's not inclusive, like the only people this helps, Forrest, are healthy people that don't have any health issues or whatever relating to their reproductive health or like any kind of DSD or anything like that. That's the only people that what you're doing helps. It doesn't doesn't even
0: help them because it, it, it... It doesn't provide <laughs> it, accurate information. Right. It, but it but it makes them feel real special.
1: Makes them feel real special and confident, I guess. I don't know, on TikTok or something. That's that's it. That's the only people. Been up ahead, if they were to have an issue with their reproductive health or what have you, like, and you've done all your damage, is it going to help them? No, they're going to have a complete misunderstanding. They're not going to know like what to look for or if they should look for it or if something's a problem. They might like, think
0: that if they're born with, let's say... They find out that they're born with an extra chromosome that causes a chromosomal disorder. They might think that that's just normal and healthy. Yeah, that's nature just part broke of the rules. Human variation, and that it doesn't need to be treated. Right. When in actuality, it does need to be treated on a medical level uh, to actually improve their health and well-being. Right. It doesn't mean that the person is disordered, which no. they often use a straw man in that right. way. But it just means that they have a disorder, and right. that. it it is helpful and important to treat that disorder in any way that they can in a safe and effective way.
1: Right. And and this kind of thinking is so, so regressive and so harmful. And he's just trying to make it cute. And it's like, it's Mm -hmm. not cute. It's not cute. It's really not cute, Forrest. Just like your PFP on Twitter is not cute. It's weird.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So he was saying about conflating hermaphrodite hermaphroditic species with with humans yeah so we'll we left off there let's see what he says next
3: there are plenty of species that can be one sex their entire lives and then when it comes time to breed if they can't find the opposite sex around they just switch to the opposite sex to help everybody else out there are even some animals that we call bilateral gonandomorphs that are literally male on one half of their body and female on the other half you can even ha-
1: He acts like that's the standard for those animals and it's
0: It's time. a very very rare genetic disorder often leaving those animals infertile.
1: Yeah, so they can
0: And it can in. only happen in insects and birds and other types of animals like that that can that have a chromosomal that can have a chromosomal divide in their mm-hmm. phenotype. Where half their body is like XX, the other half is XY. And
1: Sorry, it's face right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's face. Um but yeah, so First of all, genetic disorders. Second of all, even if they were not genetic disorders, even if they were more commonplace, it doesn't mean that male and female are arbitrary. It means means they have a male half and a female half. And we define that by the phenotype, the body structure that is involved in producing sperm or involved in producing eggs. It's pretty simple, ultimately, when you understand that universal definition.
1: Yeah, He's acting like these creatures are the, the rebus which in alchemy is like a perfect union of male and female. It's like both embodied in the same thing. They work perfectly and have like no issues. And like, no, that's not what they are.
0: (laughs) Yeah, those species like insects or those birds, those species that he's talking about with the gonadromorphs, they are gonachoric species. They're either male or female on a species strategy. They don't have hermaphrodites as a species strategy and whereas the rebus and that yeah. is a hermaphrodite they're a true hermaphrodite yeah and yeah so that's the difference
1: yeah um that that that's that's what they do they act like it's this magical like
0: right they can reproduce as both they have both systems but yeah. they don't no in fact they usually just have one system yeah. or a partial vestigial secondary system that doesn't work
1: yeah and you know what I wonder, like, what he would say um, applied with gender identity to
2: everything. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like, again, this whole identity argument really doesn't apply to anything else. So while he's saying humans aren't special, like, at the same time, that's his entire platform. His humans are special Mm -hmm. because we can be trans, like, just so contradictory all the time.
3: Have that whole setup just in your gonads. Ovotestes are when you have ovarian tissue on one side and testicular tissue on the other side of the same organ. That happens sometimes in humans and other animals, and there are even some species where that's the normal ground state of all females.
0: So he's talking about ovotestes, which is a rare genetic disorder in humans, and there have only been about 500 cases reported in the medical literature. Now. This can affect females, and it can affect males. It's when you have a mix of ovarian and testicular tissue inside your body um, during during development. And there are many, many different causes, many different genetic causes. It depends on the individual. Sometimes a gene might be translocated onto another chromosome. So a a male-making gene might be upregulated and make testes tissue inside the ovarian tissue, or vice versa. And what they find is that These people who develop this disorder, they develop one main reproductive system with vestigial elements of a secondary system. Mm -hmm. And when they are fertile, usually it's only the ovarian tissue that's functional. There have only been three cases of sperm production or of uh, males with this condition fathering children. And there has not been a documented case where a person develops both systems completely and fulfills both reproductive roles.
1: And in ovotestes. Otherwise, aren't they referred to as street gonads?
0: That's something else. So a street gonad is a gonad that has not differentiated at all due to a genetic disorder. So the clusters of cells just become like uh, clumps that don't differentiate into testes or ovaries. They just stay kind of undifferentiated.
1: Okay. And so with ovotestes, though, don't they have to remove some of the tissue? Otherwise, it can become cancerous. There is a
0: higher cancer risk with ovotestes because of that competing tissue and the mutations involved. Right. Yeah.
1: So it's not just a fun fun fact.
0: Almost all of those people who develop that disorder are infertile, and it greatly impacts their hormone system their internal genitalia i mean it it yeah. is a life-altering oftentimes traumatic so, experience
1: again to act like this is just something that just happens and it's just not a problem and it's fine and it's just like these species who are like the rebus or just half C like no no
0: yep like, he he also conflates it here with like a species strategy, yeah, like an evolved strategy, right. and this is not an evolved strategy. No. It's a it's a genetic disorder, and to conflate those two is 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 not uh, uh, not what am I trying to say? Not appropriate or not healthy? Not not right. uh, not best practice when discussing no, medical and conditions.
1: The other thing too is because he is spreading this misinformation. Like if someone were to meet someone with one of these DSDs or something like in the wild, like in the city somewhere. And they were to just be like, I know all about your disorder. I heard it in a Forest Valkyrie video. And it, they like say some of this stuff to them. I can't like...
0: Or think they're not, they're not yeah, male or female and treat yeah, them as though like, they're like this hermaphrodite. How,
1: how dehumanizing and how offensive. Like now you have completely like ruined social interaction for these people when they do talk about their dsd to someone and the the other person is totally misinformed and thinks that they are some magical like sex unicorn that just nature just broke the rules on and it's all fine they don't have any problems whatever like no
0: yep yep our our Mm -hmm. systems which i think i think we'll get into later but our sex development reproductive systems in humans they're mutually antagonistic so like as one system develops it inhibits the opposite sex system and our our species is not designed or evolved to have
1: or those systems in the same individual like with our friend and his doctor like that doctor just being a complete idiot when it came to this stuff probably heard some similar rhetoric to what Forrest is saying and then put his patient in danger. Thank goodness that our friend knew enough about his own condition to not listen to this quack doctor, but not everybody's going to be in that boat. So like he's, he's putting people in danger by spreading this stuff. And I really, really hope I implore you Forrest to stop doing this because it's very dangerous. It's extremely dangerous and it's so offensive. Like please stop. You're you're hurting people, but like you are. I I really want to believe you're not a bad person and you don't want to hurt people. So please don't do
0: that. <laughs> Let's continue and see what he says next.
3: So gonadal differences aren't enough to actually differentiate between the two sexes. But I know what you're thinking, right? You're thinking, hey, just look at the chromosomes. After all, you're either XX or XY, right? Not exactly. The concept of how sex is determined in an organism is usually broken down like this. You have your chromosomes. Those code for what kind of gonads you get, either ovaries or testes, and then those produce germ cells and hormones, and that's how we tell whether you're a boy or a girl.
0: So it's not the chromosomes that encode the testes or or ovaries. It's the genes inside the chromosomes that encode that determine testes versus ovaries, which is the primary sex determination. And let's continue.
3: And if you go to any high school level biology class, that's probably the explanation that you're gonna get. Problem is, that's wildly inaccurate.
0: How is that wildly inaccurate? That,
1: I don't know, which again, I'm going to say, what else does this man say these things about in his day-to-day life? <laughs> like,
0: that the chromosomes with, <laughs> in the genes inside them encode the gonadal tissue to differentiate into either testes or ovaries. And then those gonads produce hormones, which organize yeah. the internal genitalia yeah. and the external genitalia. And then the germ cells, which are the, the basically immature gametes, the immature sperm or eggs, they are grown inside the gonads. That is what happens in human sex development.
1: Yeah.
0: How can he say that that is, again, like deeply flawed? Yeah. And that it's not true.
1: I'm just like thinking, does this man get like his mortgage payment in the mail? And he's like, you know what? That
0: this is deeply flawed. Yeah, this is deeply
1: flawed. That's wildly inaccurate. I'm just not paying this because you know what? My mortgage payment is a spectrum. What you learned
0: about math in high school biology? (laughs) Yeah, it's not true.
1: (laughs) This accountant clearly didn't get past high school math. Like, no, not happening. Like, oh
0: my. Yeah, it's the same kind of same kind of strategy he's using here. It's.
1: I he's so is it just that he's so wound up with like identity politics or something that he just like applies it to everything like that's not how reality works like no and he's just he's I mean he's already given incorrect definitions and things Mm -hmm. it's Definitions aren't just what you want them to be. Like they, those things yeah. exist whether you you apply the label to them or not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's just kind of crazy to me that he's. Ugh.
0: And if you want to read about how sex development works in humans, you can go to any major biology textbook or developmental biology textbook, or even better, human embryology, and they will discuss in detail those mm-hmm. steps, just like I discussed, and they'll show you what that standard healthy development is and how it works and it's not deeply flawed it's just how it works yeah
3: so and it leaves a lot of stuff out first of all the sex of an embryo is evident well before gonads ever develop in fact there are plenty of species where external genitalia develop before gonads ever do there are also plenty of chromosomal sex differences that have nothing to do with genitalia or gonads or any of that and therefore don't fall into that whole biological gamete size sex determining model but are still very important for
0: so, first of all, how does he know what sex is which exactly. at the beginning, like he was saying? Mm. He keeps, he keeps, yeah. when he's talking about this, he keeps accidentally, like, slipping. Yeah. And, and revealing that he knows what male and female Suddenly are. he
1: knows. Okay. Going back and forth between. Not male this and is female, arbitrary. boys yeah. and girls. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's this going back and forth between male and female are arbitrary to, oh, we know what sex this is versus this sex. Mm-hmm. Like, Okay? It's really contradictory. Right. Um, He also said that there's plenty of sex uh, sex chromosomal differences that exist before the gonads differentiate. Mm -hmm. And that's true because males are almost always given a Y chromosome and have one X in humans. And then in in human females, it's XX. And there are genetic differences there that express themselves in the tissues before the gonads differentiate. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. We do not define male and female by chromosomes right. we define them by the reproductive system they develop in relationship to sperm or eggs and to have him st- for him to say that there's these chromosomal differences be- before the gonads develop so it's like we can't we don't define it by the gonad gamete type that's not true at all we we do define sexes by gonad slash gamete type the gonad is the organizer that produces the gametes it's inextricably tied to what sex is.
1: Mm -hmm. You can't produce sperm from an ovary.
0: Yeah. And you cannot produce sperm from an an X chromosome. Yeah, (laughs) Or like the chromosome does not produce the gametes. The gonads produce the gametes. And that's how we define sexes across all these species, even species that don't have sex chromosomes. There's plenty of species that don't have Mm -hmm. X and Y like humans. And yet they still develop into males or females because they they develop, they develop testes or ovaries, and they produce sperm or eggs, right? Mm-hmm. So it's that universal definition that's so important. But he is saying that that it's arbitrary because of the chromosome differences. I just don't, I don't get that. So,
1: yeah, I just this man.
0: <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> I thought that XX just... X, X and XY were not accurate, like you said for determining sex. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's very contradictory.
1: He is. Running
0: around circles. Okay, let's keep going.
3: For example, the human Y chromosome contains instructions for a special kind of ribosome, which is the part of the cell that builds proteins. So protein synthesis is just very slightly different in me than it is for any female, and it has been since well before I had any hint of a gender. Perhaps you have heard that we are all females by default, and that it's the Y chromosome that makes me into a boy. That ain't true either. It is true to say that one particular gene on the Y chromosome, what we call SRY, plays a pretty important role in the development of testes and therefore, by extension, male behavior.
0: So it's true that we don't all begin as female. Right. We we all begin as male or female determined by our genetic profile at conception. And then our body develops around the sixth week or seventh week down the male or female pathway yeah, based on sex-determining genes like S or Y, which he mentioned there. And S or Y determines male sex by differentiating the gonad into testes. Mm -hmm. Whereas other genes absent of SRY will upregulate ovaries and develop a female. But yeah, we don't start out as female. No. We start out as male or female. But but how can he say that if the categories don't mean anything
1: I also love how he just threw in gender like
0: Right. He's been talking about sex this whole time. But (laughs) then is he conflating now? Gender and sex? Is he using a different is meaning for gender? We, we don't know. He hasn't defined it. He just used it right here, but has like, not defined it.
1: Because didn't he say any concept of a gender? Yeah. So at what age do you conceptualize your gender?
0: What is gender and, in the first yeah, place? Like and, in his mind.
1: Yeah. And like. Yeah. Doesn't, again, that make it seem like it's mm, just something in your head that you came up with rather than like something you develop mm. that is meaningful to your yeah. body and like life yeah
0: so so now he's going to go on to describe more of the like, genes
1: there's just more rampant transphobia from Smoke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> creating category differences well no Upholding like just saying gender is a concept oh, okay yeah
1: i can't remember if he said conceptualize but yeah i'm pretty sure he did
0: so now he's going to talk about more sex determining genes
3: hmm so, for example, when the SRY gene was spliced into XX female mice, about 30% of them developed male testes, male genitalia, and even male behaviors. Similarly, when the SRY gene was cut...
0: He was talking about XX mice. So experiments in XX and XY mice where the researchers take that male sex-determining gene, SRY, and they translocate it onto an XX fetus. And what happens is because it has that make-male genetic information, it makes, it makes a male. It turns the... It turns the bipotential gonads into testes, and they develop a penis and all the male genitalia. I
1: would really love it if we stopped experimenting on animals. I know that we have to in a lot of cases, but in this kind of situation, it feels particularly like unnecessary.
0: Yeah. You could argue that it's important for fertility research and trying to understand how to treat reproductive conditions, but... Yeah, there's a big part of it that is really really not humane because it it is causing yeah. disorders in these animals mm-hmm. that otherwise they wouldn't they wouldn't have. Yeah. So it's a yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. It's it's a necessary evil in some situations. I just don't like yeah. it. Yeah.
0: No, it's not fun.
1: <laughs> but also I I think it's funny that he's leaving out a big one that he could like claim is the ducks ducks can change their sex with females anyway Hmm. if they're explain that more okay so in ducks which i learned from someone on twitter actually who explained this to me and i looked it up and i was like what um ducks the females can change their sex into males if their ovary is damaged because they only have one ovary and if that ovary is damaged then They develop into a male that can produce sperm. Their feathers and body and everything actually change into, like, male plumage and all that stuff. Like, even their tail feathers will curve. And, um, yeah, they can mother, like, be the mother to ducklings and then later father ducklings.
0: So they basically have a, a genetic program. That tells the ovaries, okay, you're not functioning properly anymore. Right. We need to upregulate male genes. Yeah. That transforms the ovaries into testes.
1: Which is crazy.
0: That has not been documented in any human.
1: No. That is, that is
0: specifically <laughs> yeah. a special thing that. Well, we know exists that. Yeah. In, in ducks. We
1: know that if a female doesn't have ovaries, yes. like a female human, or her ovaries are damaged or whatever, she goes into menopause. It's not yes. something that. <laughs> now, if we
0: find a human who somehow miraculously uh, degenerates their ovaries and their yeah. female system and then develops testes mm-hmm. and a male system, that would be a sex change. But we've yeah. never seen that ever observed no. in humans. And
1: again, something that could only happen in females. Mm-hmm. So we have to ducks. know that they yeah. were female first and then became male. Yeah. Like, it's not the case yeah. where a male duck can become a female duck. Yep. So... So, At least as far as I know. <laughs> like...
0: <laughs> so here he's talking about XX mice. And this just shows the importance of sex-determining genes for developing you as a male or female. Mm-hmm. You're moving around that important genetic information. Right. And of course that XX mice is going to develop as male now that it has right. male-making genes like SRY. Which, it doesn't call yeah. into question what male and female are. It reveals the genetic mechanisms that yeah. control male or female mm-hmm. development. So let's, let's continue.
3: Out of XY male mice, many of them went on to develop ovaries, to develop feminine behaviors.
0: Let me rewind it just a few seconds.
3: X female mice, about 30% of them developed male testes, male genitalia, and even male behaviors. Similarly, when the SRY gene was cut out of XY male mice, many of them went on to develop ovaries, to develop feminine behaviors, and even to be able to get pregnant and have litters.
0: So this is the opposite. This is XY females, where you take out the SRY gene in a zygote, in an embryo, and that mouse embryo develops as a female. They develop ovaries, they develop a female reproductive system, and that's how they're able to actually uh, ovulate, gestate, and give birth, right? It's because they, they don't have the male-making genes, and so the mm-hmm. female-making genes are upregulated in, in their absence. And that reveals that that ovarian development is an active process, just yeah. like testes development. You need certain genes for ovarian development, just like you need certain genes mm-hmm. for testes development. And it's about this mutually antagonistic, you know, back and forth system. Right. And that's what these these experiments reveal. And also, one more thing. So, how do they develop how do they develop eggs? Yeah. They have XY. What we learned back in the nineties with studies on mice is that the germ cells, the cells that, we, that will become sperm or eggs, they don't originate in the gonad. They actually travel from outside the gonad and into the gonad, and it is there where they are fashioned into either sperm or eggs. Now that fashioning of transforming that raw material into sperm or eggs, that is controlled by the gonadal tissue environment, not the chromosomes. That is how they're able to develop eggs in an XY mouse is because the XY female mouse developed ovaries and that ovarian tissue acted as like the assembly line or the factory that then shaped that raw material of those germ cells into eggs. Mm -hmm. And so that shows us that the chromosomes alone do not determine the development of the germ cells. The germ cells become sperm or eggs based on whether they're in testes, Or ovaries so that's Mm -hmm. something really cool but it shows you that again when it comes to sex the important thing is that gonad gamete type Mm -hmm. because the gonads organize the gametes produce the gametes and then organize the internal and external genitalia
1: right it just it reinforces the differences even at like a chromosomal and genetic level so it's just weird that he's trying to use it as like A deconstruction
0: thing yeah because he's saying that we can still define that mouse as female even though she has x y chromosomes because she gestated ovulated and gave birth right yeah and so he's reinforcing the difference yeah by explaining that they're female mouse how do we know they're female (laughs) Mm -hmm. right yes so that reveals the two different roles that he's trying to
3: obfuscate
1: yeah oh man
3: Again, those are X, Y, male mice getting pregnant and giving birth. But don't...
0: You cannot call them male. (laughs) (laughs) No. They're defined as female. I love how he's like,
1: they're male mice that gave birth. (laughs) And it's like, babe, no, they are female mice that are X, Y, female. Like, they just have the chromosomes And the genes like moved around, but because they developed female organs, they are female. Like those reproductive structures are female. Like they're not male mice anymore.
0: Yep. There's even, there's even species of a species of rat that, that lost its Y chromosome. Yeah. But how do they make males? It's because they have genes on other chromosomes that upregulate the male making genes and produce males. You don't Even see. without a Y chromosome, yep.
1: Like, <laughs> and that goes back to the duck thing. Forest, the duck goes from being a female to a male. Why? Because she lost her ovary and developed the testes, yep. and like became a male duck. Like, yep. This is how we know what sequential hermaphrodites are. Like, this yes. is so Oh
0: my god. <laughs> Let's keep going. Let's <laughs> try.
3: <laughs> Let any of this fool you into thinking that, like, the SRY gene is some magical on off switch to masculinity. The truth is way weirder and way cooler than that.
0: For example, first of all, the SRY gene is considered by researchers as the master switch sex determining gene for mammals. This so goes back into the 90s. That. And, well, he wanted to say that it's, it's not the whole story, but. It's the major master regulator for male sex determination. There are cases where males can develop without it, but it's really rare genetic disorders. The SRY gene is that important master regulator, and you'll find that in the literature. But he's saying that it's not, it's, it's not the whole story, which, of course, if you're trying to understand all the genes involved, it's not the whole story, but it's the foundation and the start.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. I love this freeze frame.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Well, there was one cool study done back in the 1980s that showed that, like, female wallabies with XX chromosomes that didn't have any egg cells at birth actually developed testes and went on to be more or less males, even without the SRY gene. And you know why? It's because everyone has the genes for both testes and ovaries. What?
0: Okay. So he's saying that these female wallabies had damaged ovaries, kind of like the ducks, and they developed testes we don't know if that's that's the same mechanism but i could i looked at his references for the wallabies and i could not find i could not find the location of that specific claim i saw research on xxy wallabies and x wallabies so wallabies with turner syndrome which is just 45x and then wallabies with kleinfelter syndrome which is 47xxy and they found that um, there's certain developmental issues that happen in these chromosomal disorders in wallabies where, um, for example, in female marsupials who have Turner syndrome, a pouch does not develop and they develop an empty scrotum despite internal ovaries. And so what they found was that two X chromosomes are required for the development of a pouch in the wallaby. Whereas if they're missing an X chromosome, they develop a scrotum, even though there's no testes there. And that's because the development of a scrotum versus an versus a pouch is determined by the number of x chromosomes so that was an interesting study that they found but they're still defined as male or female based on the gonads and the gamete type
1: so is he now saying that the scrotum made them more or less male
0: i don't know it's unclear he didn't he didn't really he didn't talk about the specific study he didn't like mention what it was so
1: He's trying to argue that the presence of, like, certain things will make you one sex. Yeah. The presence of something. But that's, isn't that contrary to what he said before? I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, wasn't he saying that the male and female categories don't actually, aren't actually real or arbitrary? Also in Wallabies, there's studies where they will administer hormones to see how it impacts their sex. Mm-hmm. And they do this at a critical period where the embryo is growing in the pouch. And they're really susceptible during that time to hormonal influence. And so they've given female wallabies um, testosterone and male wallabies estrogen while they're developing in the pouch. Mm -hmm. And what happens is it can cause what's called sex reversal, where a female wallaby developing. When their gonads start to develop, because of the administration of testosterone, they'll develop testes. And because the administration of estrogen in the the genetic male wallaby, they'll develop ovaries. And so they'll have what's called that sex reversal, which means their gonads are developing opposite of what you'd expect from the chromosomes. That still makes them male or female based on the gonads, even though they have chromosomes you wouldn't expect. Mm. But that just shows that you can impact sex development in wallabies and have a sex reversal during a critical window. Yeah. You cannot change their sex after they're born.
1: Again, it's just I don't want them to experiment on animal babies. I don't like
0: I know, it. those poor wallabies.
1: It's still I don't know, it just feels really wrong.
0: Many of them are infertile, they can't yeah. they can't ever produce they're just a an end to their lineage. That's
1: so unfair. Yeah. <sighs> anyway.
0: Okay, so then he claims that's out of breath thing. There's a lot of studies on animals, unfortunately. Oh no Then he claims that everyone has the genes to make testes or ovaries. hmm Now that's technically true in that it's possible, but once the gonads are differentiated, they're stuck there mm-hmm. in humans. You can't right. you can't change them. No. Even if you take out certain genes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So for example, human males have the genes, all the genes to make ovaries. Mm -hmm. We have WNT4 gene, the RSP01, and FOXL2. These are three important genes for ovarian development. But because SRY is present in the male, and SRY upregulates testes-making genes, those female-making genes are suppressed. Mm -hmm. It suppresses all of that. And so we're not able to make ovaries. And our testes develop, and then we're stuck that way so yeah he's claiming that we all have the genes for making ovaries and testes yeah. but he's making it seem like we can just develop ovaries or testes at any time yeah. and for any reason
1: right which we know doesn't happen
0: yeah so it goes back to that 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 antagonism at the yeah. at the gene level that male genes are antagonizing female genes and male genes are, in, and the vice versa, right? Yeah. It's it's literally the battle of the sexes.
1: That's just because of misogyny and the patriarchy, <laughs> the patriarchy. That, that happens.
0: Hey, but the females so, are the female genes are are suppressing the male genes.
1: They're only doing that out of because, retaliation. Yes. <laughs> if the patriarchy didn't exist, yep. it
0: wouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see what's next
3: kind of gonads you get whether it's one or the other or neither or both comes down to an incredibly complex set of genetic interactions on several different chromosomes a few of which aren't even your sex chromosomes for example the gene that builds testes
0: this is right there's plenty of genes involved in gonadal differentiation that do not involve the sex chromosomes but that doesn't call into question what male and female are it just shows that the complex gene networks that develop male and female
1: which again Forest means that it's all connected so you can't go just separating <laughs> them out and acting like they no. don't matter like
3: oh this is called SOX9 and it's on chromosome number 17 which everyone watching this has
0: I want to make it clear he's saying that SOX9 is a gene for developing testes and it's true everybody has that gene it's just that SRY the master regulator in males activates and upregulates SOX9 so that SOX9 is not suppressed by the female making genes, right? Yeah. And so that's why um males develop testes, because of SOX9 being upregulated.
3: Yeah. If you have ovaries right now, that's because right on your now? X chromosome <laughs> you have another thing called well,
1: NR. I mean I guess like it you know, they something might happen to them and they might go somewhere, but Just right now, at this second, where are your ovaries? It's 9 p.m. Do you know where your ovaries are?
0: Does everyone does everyone have their ovaries? (laughs) Calling all, calling all the ovaries.
1: You might have ovaries tomorrow. You don't know. I misplaced them. You have them right now. I
0: misplaced them. Can you help me find my ovaries, please? (laughs)
1: Sorry, that was just such a stupid way.
0: If If you you have have ovaries ovaries right now.
1: (laughs) How do I know? Which sex has ovaries, Forrest?
3: (laughs) Okay, let's see. Good lord. Everyone watching this has. If you have ovaries right now, that's because on your X chromosome, you have another gene called NR0B1, which makes a protein called DAX1 that stops SOX9 from giving you testes. But I have an X chromosome too, right? So like, what's going on there? The SRY gene that we've been talking about works by producing a protein that binds to NR0B1 and stops it from making DAX1 so that SOX9 can give me testes.
0: So this is actually a really cool concept in genetics. Mm -hmm. All these different systems uh, suppressing or upregulating each other, right? But you still result in only two outcomes, male or female. These genes, these genetic networks have evolved to produce either males or females. That is why they're mutually antagonistic in humans, because as a species we need to be producing equal numbers of males and females so evolution has come up with a way a genetic way to basically create this antagonistic system to ensure that we're born as either male or female <laughs> you know yeah so it's cool like this research is cool but he's it's the, the problem is how he's presenting it and saying that oh this means that male and female are arbitrary yeah. No, you're reinforcing male and female by showing the genetic mechanisms involved in developing them. Mm. Let's keep going. Yes. So <laughs>
3: That's stuff. why I have testicles. It's because a <laughs> gene made a protein that stopped another gene from making a different protein that would have otherwise stopped a different gene from giving me the testicles that I have.
1: I'm sorry, that was the best place to start it from.
0: Yeah, That's that why so. I have
1: testicles. <laughs>
0: That was but just
1: right now, though, <laughs> just right now, he could have ovaries at have, any other time. Yeah,
0: but if I had over, if I have ovaries later,
1: yes, testicles <laughs> right now. But <laughs>
0: that's why I have testicles oh right now. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I mean it's true, it's true. Yeah. But again, <laughs> Forrest, how how do we know your ma- what? Why do why do testes make yeah. you a male?
1: Yeah, but I mean thanks. For letting me know, now I don't need to do the genital inspection to make sure I know that you're male because I can't tell any other way no. at all.
3: No, there's no way. No. If you're paying attention, you might be starting to notice a few things here. This means you <laughs> oh, have, have a totally perfectly functional Y chromosome, but you have a problem with your SOX9 gene, and so you still end up with ovaries. Or this could mean that you have no Y chromosome at all, but you have a faulty NR0B1 gene, and so you still end up with testicles.
1: How do we know if they're faulty or functional for us?
3: Yep. There you go.
1: <laughs> How do we know that? How do we classify those things, babe? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's true. Like, he's talking about cases where in humans, you know, an XY female might develop because of a genetic mm-hmm. mutation an XX male might develop because of a genetic mutation. Yeah. and. And yeah, it's true, these cases are defined as male or female, because they develop the phenotypes, the body structures, that Mm -hmm. produce either sperm or eggs, regardless of their chromosomes. So they just reinforce the system of sex, ultimately.
3: (laughs) And yes, there are other animals, even other mammals, that don't have an SRY gene that don't have an NR0B1 gene, that are still dioecious and still have sex differentiation. And there are even other animals that have all the same chromosomes and all the same genes we have, but then they have other genes on top of that, so the whole switch from male to female to male back to female again is even more complicated.
0: So, yes, this is the conflation of genetics and genetic complexity with sex itself. He's saying that there's all these other species that, that have different <laughs> genes for developing sex or no sex chromosomes at all. Right. And this is the conflation of sex determination mechanisms, the mechanisms that develop your sex with sex itself. Like, it's, it's amazing to me the diversity across species in sex determination mechanisms, like ways to develop males or females. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that they all end up with the end product yeah. of males or females.
1: Yeah. But again... He's doing that obfuscation thing mm-hmm. where he's like, here's the genes for male and female in humans. Anyway, all these other animals don't have them. So, but it's like, and, and they have yeah. other mechanisms for determining male and female clearly. Otherwise, they wouldn't result in male and female. Exactly. So, Why are you talking about our genes and then immediately bringing up other animals like they matter? Like
0: Like they matter and that they even like make his point because they they reinforce our point because it shows that all these animals still develop males or females. They just have different ways of doing it. Yeah. There's an excellent paper that I'll link, which is by a researcher, Batrog et al. uh, Many researchers involved in that paper. It's from 2014. It's called Sex Determination, Why So Many Ways of Doing It. And I've had trans activists link that paper to me as evidence that sex is a spectrum. But you read that paper and you'll see that the researchers are discussing the sex determination mechanisms. Why are there so many ways of developing males versus females? They make it very clear what male and female are Mm -hmm. across all those species and that they're defined the same. It's just that they're studying the many ways of developing male or female. And that's what the activists conflate all the time. Yeah, they, they, they don't read the literature and understand it. They think that because there's many ways of developing the sexes, that that makes a spectrum of sexes. Yeah. That's conflating the, all those mechanisms with sex.
1: I was also going to say, like, wow, 2014, ancient, because a lot of these people will say, oh, your study is, you know, four years old. We've learned so much more since then. It's like, where? Where is the study that contradicts it then? Because there isn't one like sometimes a study is done, and then they just haven't been able to counter it or whatever. So they don't write another study that like contradicts it or that really supports it because they don't have to, it's redundant, like it's there, and it proves the point. So then why rehash it? Why spend the resources and the time and everything, like rehashing what they've already learned?
0: Also, an important part of scientific progress is building on the knowledge that you've already mm-hmm. attained. Yeah. And that's what you'll notice when you're doing scientific research or or doing uh, any research into peer-reviewed literature is that all these papers, you can see how many times they've been cited. You'll see that, oh, this paper on sex determination mm-hmm. was cited 200 times by all these different peer-reviewed papers. That means those papers are referencing that paper yeah. and building on the knowledge.
1: Yeah. Um, and, so... Yeah. It it doesn't make sense for an activist or anybody to say that because even papers that are new are citing older studies or older yeah. papers. So it's yeah. just, it's, the, it's a go nowhere yeah. argument.
0: I've familiarized myself with the evolution of sex and the decades of peer-reviewed literature on the evolution of, of male and female. And what I saw was that All these papers link back to each other and build and build and build and they're building an entire body of knowledge and body of research and one of the groundbreaking papers for understanding the evolution of sperm and eggs was written all the way back in 1972 They, they these guys put forward a model for the evolution of sex that has persisted since then and has been replicated and replicated time and time again through mathematical modeling through observation and so, just because a study is older doesn't mean that it's wrong. Right. What matters is what it what it's saying is, if it's saying, sorry. What matters is if what it is saying is true mm-hmm. or false. That's what matters.
1: Right. Like we wouldn't go claiming that the theory of evolution or anything yeah. is like, oh, you're you're really gonna start talking about the theory of evolution? Do you know yeah. when that was? Do you know when that originated? Eighteen like, eighty. Yeah. It's yeah, Like. <laughs>
0: Like, yeah like gravity <laughs>
1: yeah like, or science on know. you know like these people i'm sure would not be cool with anybody disproving science on immunology or anything like that yeah. like so i don't get i don't get that argument yeah. but not that he's making it but i have yeah. seen it made and so i just wanted to throw that in there because I see it a lot I
3: see it a lot yep well, let's ignore all that let's say that you have all the right chromosomes and you have all the right genes in all the right places none of that really matters because it's the hormones that your gonads produce that actually make your body look and act male or female all right. the way back in like
0: okay so i don't know how to respond to that honestly like,
3: <laughs> so
0: okay
1: okay so now it's not now it's not the gonads, now it's not the gametes, now it's not the chromosomes, it's, it's not the It's the genes. hormones. Now it's the hormones. Well, Forrest, I hate to tell you this, but males and females have both testosterone and estrogen.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. We both have testosterone like, and estrogen in our bodies. Oh it's God. just that they're used in different ways yeah. and they're different levels. And let's go back. Let's take a step back. Let me just describe how the hormones actually work in sex development, okay? So... The male. Developing a male. After the SRY gene initiates the gene cascade and the gonads differentiate into testes, the testes start producing testosterone and anti-malarian hormone. Testosterone helps build the male's internal reproductive structures, the sperm transportation systems. Anti-malarian hormone disintegrates the vestigial system that would have become the female system. Once that is done, testosterone then is converted, at least part of it, is converted into what's called dihydrotestosterone, DHT. And that builds the external genitalia of the male. First of all, to have that happen, you have to have the gonads working properly. Mm -hmm. You then also have to have the genes working properly to differentiate the gonads into testes.
1: Which is part of the issue with bringing up like intersex and things like that people with DSDs, as, like, something that disproves biological sex because their hormone regulation is an issue because of, like, their gonads not producing yeah. the hormones adequately. Yeah. So,
0: So yeah. If, if if we are to define, say that they're neither sex because they have a typical hormone profile, mm-hmm. well, that would make a lot of people neither sex. Yeah. A lot of people don't have typical hormone profiles or or also on top of that we wouldn't know how to treat them yeah if we didn't know what sex they were they didn't know right. what was wrong with their gonads right you can't
1: so. just pump someone with pelters full of estrogen and yeah like expect things to go well
0: this is the other thing like the idea that we can just pump somebody no matter what sex they are full of an opposite sex mm-hmm. hormone and their body will just transform into the opposite sex yeah their
1: sex. body's just gonna know exactly what to do with and
0: it and no as you go through development in the womb your body is being organized by the gonad and the hormones produced by the gonad and the genetics involved. Yeah. And once those tissues are are organized, it's very difficult to alter those tissues yeah. even by opposite sex hormones in your body.
1: Even when it comes to females who receive like estrogen treatments and things like that or are on birth control, when you interrupt that endocrine cycle and like the endocrine system like it's, it's so detrimental in some cases to their health. Like it can cause, um, osteoporosis. It can cause uterine atrophy. It can cause like all kinds of things. That shows you
0: that there's sex differences in the usage of certain hormones like testosterone or estrogen. If
1: your estrogen is like too low, or if, you know, your progesterone is affected, like all of these things in females, like, are very delicately based on hormones so uh, yep. again to just say like this really super general term like oh it's just your hormones just decide how masculine or feminine no
0: yeah see one side of this sp- of the so-called spectrum likes to say that and i don't know how many people this is but they sometimes will say oh only only testosterone is a male hormone and estrogen is a female hormone they're in the body for both sexes. It's just that they're used yeah. differently, different levels. Yeah. And that's on the other spectrum. Forrest is saying they're just equal and they're just used in the same right. way. And it doesn't really matter. He can't
1: even say that anyway because of things like aromatase and, yeah. and certain DSDs that will
0: Where um, it converts, convert
1: yeah. the testosterone
0: into estrogen. So, yeah. yeah.
1: So he can't even say that. Like,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Let's see where he goes.
3: the early 1930s, scientists were noticing that female hormones introduced into male rats were producing some decidedly male behaviors, and that similarly, male hormones introduced into female rats were making them, like, weirdly more female.
0: There's an entire literature of behavioral neuro- behavioral neuroendocrinology where they look at the effects of sex hormones like estrogen and testosterone on the brain and behavior. It's well established that Taking cross-sex hormones, whether you're a human, whether you're a mouse, can impact your Mm -hmm. uh, behavior and your psychology. And we see that with detransitioners and their uh, experience or people, even people who are uh, trans and taking Mm cross-sex hormones. We can see that their experience is talking about those differences as well. That's what he's talking about here. Well,
1: and this like we talked about this with Sammy in our last video, that the way it. Impacts rodents is different than the way that it impacts humans.
0: Yes, that's true He was saying that estrogen works through aromatase by testosterone converting in Aromatase converting testosterone into estrogen and then estrogen masculinizing the male brain of that rat or of that mouse because estrogen has a masculinizing effect in mice where it doesn't really in humans it's it works differently
1: you know why i call it aromatase instead of aromatase pokemon there's this really funny fat one with like a flowy skirt thing. With that's funny. <laughs> All the Roman tees. <laughs> and It looks like an evil looking ball. That's funny. But, yeah, I'll have to show you that one. It, it even like whistles and like just like a little But <laughs> like so, whenever I think of that word, I think of that Pokemon, and uh, that's yeah, why that makes sense. That happens. But yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, let's see. It's an obsession. <laughs>
3: Even though we've been studying this stuff for like a hundred years now, a lot of people are still very surprised to find that we all have testosterone and estrogen and all the other sex hormones in our body at all times, and they don't usually do what a lot of people think they do. Let me give you just a grossly oversimplified explanation of how this works. You oh, see the cholesterol one in your time body he's is converted do that? into progesterone. And then that is what becomes testosterone. <laughs> and that is what gives you what my anatomy professors would call male internal plumbing. Some testosterone is converted into dihydrous testosterone. And that's what gives you male external genitalia. Which is why Some mentioned- other testosterone is then converted into estrogen and estradiol. And that's where you get female secondary sex characteristics and get this male brain anatomy.
0: He's talking about mice there as what Sammy was talking yeah. about. Yeah. How, mm-hmm. uh, you know, testosterone being converted into estrogen in the mouse and masculinizing the brain of the of the male mouse because of the way that the receptors work. Uh, he mentioned that there, but he doesn't say that it's in mice. Right. No. He's, he does yeah, it seem like it's in humans. I, <laughs> so, I want to yeah.
1: have like a like a literal face off where he and i just make facial
0: expressions <laughs> that would be great because,
1: like i think it could be really entertaining yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's oh sorry um and th- then see maybe we develop a friendship yep, from there, there. and we'd both come away from being <laughs> other <more> people <laughs> <Let's see. laughs>
3: That's right. Female embryos have to produce special proteins to bind estrogen to stop it from getting to their brains. Otherwise, they would develop mentally like a bull. Yep, we'll talk more about that stuff later. So every person has all of these hormones at different levels in their body all the time. Your exact hormone levels are as unique as your fingerprint.
0: Okay, so our hormone levels are unique as our fingerprint, but the problem is there's averages. Yeah. There's. <laughs> it's not like we all exist on yeah. a flat spectrum. <laughs> There's an average for males and an average for females. Yeah. In fact, males produce so much more testosterone, 15 to 20 times more circulating testosterone in the average male's body than the average female's body. That means that there's almost no overlap. In fact, the lowest testosterone in a male like, doesn't even come close to the highest amount of testosterone in a female. No. That really shows you why we call them sex hormones yeah. because of their huge differences, right?
1: And the female menstrual cycle and i've mentioned it a few times but it's important um is super super dependent on the levels of estrogen progesterone Mm -hmm. fsh lh like all of these things like happening at certain times in your body and it does have to do with your brain (laughs) and like all the signals being sent back and forth um in order to have Your menstrual cycle like Mm -hmm. successfully throughout your fertile years it's a tightly orchestrated series of hormone
0: interactions that that go from the brain to the ovary back to the brain and it's this feedback loop
1: we have to know what those averages are for those hormone levels for females in order to know if something's going wrong exactly with your cycle exactly so
0: progesterone will peak in the cycle at some certain time and then during the um, proliferative phase where the uterus is growing, the endometrial tissue, estrogen will peak. Mm-hmm. And so they're not peaking at the same time. Right. And then you got a follicular stimulating hormone and luteinizing right. hormone. So and you need all, to know yeah.
1: when those are happening and everything in order to calculate fertility. But we've lost this. Yeah. Like as common knowledge, I don't really know that if it ever really that was. That the female endocrine
0: system doesn't yes. really matter. That. yeah it's not exactly
1: that you can you know just stop at any time and it's unimportant and this but it it does regulate so he's contributing
0: to the misinformation and the obfuscation of the importance of the female endocrine system
1: and this is why i highly recommend if you ever actually want to learn about your cycle in an effective way right now we're going to do a, a series on it but if you want to learn about your cycle in an effective way Please go to a fertility website. Do not go to a birth control website. Um or like just like period websites and stuff like that. They're not great at explaining it, but the fertility websites are.
0: Yeah, the fertility websites give like the detailed science and explanation right. of how one how it how a specific the conditions have to be mm-hmm. for you to get pregnant, yes, and also the hormonal fluctuations that tell you when you're ready to right. conceive.
1: Because unlike males, we are not fertile for you know the entire year, every year until we get menopause. That's not how that works. So yes, if you want to learn about your cycle, I highly recommend a fertility yep. website that can tell you how to track Absolutely. your cycle which is really helpful, especially if you have something like endometriosis or something mm-hmm. that's debilitating that knocks you out for a couple of weeks or anything like that. Learn it that way mm-hmm. because period websites or um, websites that are about birth control are so inaccurate <laughs> and um, yeah, they don't really go into like the tracking and all of those levels and things like that, the way that the fertility websites do so much more helpful and, really really valuable to women and like learning about those things so yeah please don't contribute to that misinformation for us as i said before women have it hard enough (laughs) with our reproductive health and we really could do without your little situation that you're (laughs) engaging in thanks
3: (laughs) it's also important to note that hormones don't actually do anything
1: uh so that was deeply flawed (laughs) that was deeply flawed (laughs) buddy don't
0: so hold on a second he just said earlier like just a minute or two ago that hormones have everything to do with controlling whether you develop as a male or female and then he said right here hormones don't actually do anything
1: they do a lot throughout your life let's see
0: what his explanation is for why they don't do anything
3: all they're able to do is bind to receptors on your cells, and then that makes the cells do the things that make you into a male or a female.
0: Uh, so he's saying, "Yeah, you see what he's saying." So he, he's obfuscating the role of hormones by saying that that it's really the cell that produces the proteins, and it's but but the whole reason the cell produces the protein the <laughs> proteins is because the hormone binds to the receptors, right? Uh... The hormone is the message, the messenger. It's the signal that travels across the body and tells the body what to do. And yeah, that I I cannot believe he said that. Like, let me read this really quick. So hormones, they're integral to the process of making those proteins. They coordinate different functions in the body by carrying messages through the blood to the organs. They tell the body what to do and when to do it. That was from a recent study from 2017 on the hormone hormonal system.
1: Like, He's going back to cells because originally in the very beginning of this long journey that we've been on, (laughs) he said that cells were the smallest thing that we can call like alive. And he tried to make cells seem like they're the most important little building block or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And now he's trying to tie it back there Mm -hmm. by saying, well, it's the cells that are doing this. Okay. So first he's talking about chromosomes, then no, it's the the genes. And no, it's not actually the genes, it's actually the hormones. And no, it's not actually the hormones, it's actually the cells. The
0: cells, he keeps doing that constantly.
1: So he keeps...
0: It's not the cells, it's the atoms.
1: Yeah, really, like, is that where we're going to go? Like, I mean...
0: (laughs) It's not the atoms, it's the protons and electrons.
1: Yes. So it's, just, it's, it's the quarks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, oh Good lord! Gosh. But you can't okay. understand function no. of any system with this type of
1: no. logic. Let's
0: keep going.
3: And guess what? The production of those cell receptors is controlled by a totally different gene pathway.
1: So oh, for example,
3: you could have a daughter who still hasn't had her period by like 16. So you take her to the doctor to figure out what's going on, and you find out that your daughter is actually your son who has androgen insensitivity and syndrome. So their cells aren't producing their receptors to bind testosterone. So even though they've got enough testosterone in their body to give them freaking antlers and a mane, they still look and feel like a girl.
1: This is
0: all right. So first of all, very we offen- very offensive to people with yeah, this traumatizing I can't disorder. Yeah,
1: that antlers and a mane.
0: Um, so first of all, what he's talking about is androgen insensitivity syndrome, where um, a fetus loses its ability through a gene mutation to receive testosterone. So they produce testosterone, but they can't; they, their body can't respond to it, and can't make those proteins in the cells. And this, this occurs in a 46XY fetus. And so they have the SRY gene, like a typical male, and they start developing down the male pathway, and their gonads actually differentiate into testes. But then at that point, development kind of, male development kind of stops and they switch down to the female pathway. So once the, once the testes are differentiated, they can't actually receive the testosterone. So their body feminizes. They develop a vagina, vulva. They, they actually go through female puberty and develop wider hips and breasts. Yeah, and which all, all female
1: this. puberty is not just getting your period. Like on, like overwhelmingly, yes, females who go through puberty get a period, but it's also like your body development. It's not just a period. Right.
0: And with this condition, <laughs> they do go through all of that except menstruation. They, they right. can't have periods because they're not, they don't have a uterus. Mm-hmm. They don't have ovaries. Uh, but the reason why we can say that they have a female phenotype minus the testicular tissue is that they develop... The external genitalia and overall body plan of a just of like a female the ducks. similar to to the duck's example. Yeah, the
1: ducks develop and, the phenotype yeah. that corresponds with the sex that they have at the time, which he could say if you have an ovary right now to a duck, <laughs> like the duck could now, answer now,
0: why what he says that they have superhuman levels of testosterone, and that's true. But they can't respond to it. Now, why do they have why do they have superficial levels or sorry, superhuman. why do they have superhuman levels of testosterone? That's because there's a feedback loop going on where the body notices that uh, it's not receiving or responding to the testosterone properly. So it's telling the testes to make more,
3: mm-hmm. make more
0: testosterone, make more testosterone. <laughs> and it just can't be it can't be used. So a big portion of that testosterone is actually converted through aromatase into estrogen and so that's a big part of what contributes to the feminization of not only the body but even the brain is in these cases is that impact of estrogen Mm -hmm. through the production of testosterone and that conversion yeah and from a biological definition of sex standpoint these cases are called male dsds because they develop testes but the testes are in the abdomen and the sperm does not exist those that raw material that turn that turns into sperm it was never never able to differentiate because it doesn't have the cells or the uh, hormonal response to be able to actually differentiate those cells into immature sperm cells so they don't have any gametes at all they can't produce right. gametes and <clears throat> so to to use this case in such a way is really, really not appropriate. And to communicate it like he did and to say that, oh, they they should be growing antlers in a mane. It's like, really?
1: He would though because he keeps confusing other animals with humans. But I mean...
0: These these women cannot ever uh, give birth. They can't ever conceive. No, and think
1: about how like psychologically traumatizing it is to have it represented this way by somebody on such a large platform to a huge audience. Like, really? Really? Like, again, spreading misinformation in a really offensive way that should they have an interaction with someone who watched one of your videos, Forrest, and then someone refers to their condition that way? Like, oh, I heard you should have enough testosterone to be grown antlers in a (laughs) mane her like, buddy, you know, I keep wanting (laughs) to, to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. I keep like, there's that part of me. that's like, maybe you should not make faces. Maybe you should blah, blah, blah. No, no, it's warranted. You're a jerk. Like, I'm sorry. That's, it's really uncool. It's really freaking lame. And some other words that I'd rather not say right now, like,
0: and we we know people who have these conditions like androgen and sensitivity syndrome and we know that how traumatizing and difficult it is to yeah. realize at 16 or something yeah that oh i'm not having my period as a as a female as a woman there must be something wrong yeah. and so they go and find out that they actually have x y chromosomes and they have internal testes that don't yeah, function properly there have been women like that that is traumatizing and life-changing yeah and it's It's not right to use them this way.
1: No, there have been women affected by this condition that have taken their lives because it was so traumatic to them and they were so conflicted because people treated them like they should be a man or whatever. And and they had like those internal conflicting feelings. It is so awful to present it in this way where it's like playful haha like they should have antlers and a man like but for real like
0: yeah anything else we should say about that condition or no I think that's it
1: yeah we should just keep playing it before I say something else about it (laughs) couple yeah, of I'm other important on.
3: notes about sex chromosomes. Mm-hmm. Females tend to have XX chromosomes, but that second X doesn't really do much. It tends to just shrivel up, and only about 15% of it is actually expressed at any given time. And when-
0: He's talking about X inactivation, which is a, a process in, in females, in species like ours, where the, the two X chromosomes, we don't want the gene networks on both chromosomes to activate, to be activating at the same time in every cell. Because then you get a a double what's called right. double gene product, and there's evolved systems for fixing that. And that that's one is where where one X chromosome in every cell inactivates. It could part. It, usually it's divided in half. Like um, the paternal X chromosome is inactivated in half the cells, and the maternal X chromosome is inactivated in the other half. And that's to create a random genetic mix between the X chromosomes. Um, but to say that it's like, doesn't matter or that it just shrivels up, like, come on, like yeah. talk about it in more detail, like provide the viewers with an actual understanding of yeah. what is going on.
1: One might call that deeply flawed. Yeah.
0: As well. <laughs> like it's fundamental to, to, uh, human females with yeah. X inactivation. You know it's important with disease and all these, all these different systems.
1: I'm going to just come out and say, I think his character is deeply flawed. How about that? How about that i think that's accurate like
0: someone who has a good character would not be talking about medical conditions like ais that way no
1: and would not so confidently and willfully be spreading misinformation to impressionable youth on tiktok and on youtube this way like no buddy no mm-mm mm-mm mm-mm
0: Okay, let's keep going.
3: Whether it's the first or the second X totally varies from cell to cell. You could literally have two cells right next to each other, one of them expressing the first X chromosome, the other one expressing the second X chromosome. Conversely, the Y chromosome mainly codes for male-specific biochemistry and functionality, things like the special ribosomes that I talked about earlier.
1: Can I just say, like, saying cells right next to each other is such a crappy way to put it. Like that's not, your cells aren't just neatly lined up next to each other. Like that's just, uh, anyway. Yeah.
3: Yeah. As well as things like sperm production. But remember, these genes can only be expressed under certain conditions and in certain parts of the body. So like for example, that sperm production gene is only ever going to be expressed in the testes. If I don't have testes because of one of the other genetic variations that we talked about a minute ago, this gene does nothing. Even if you have the gene, even if you have the whole chromosome, you could still be missing any one of five different pieces of the puzzle of what sex determination actually is.
0: Yeah, so there, there's plenty of situations where genes don't activate. Like like I said before, with how males have all the genes for ovarian development, but they're just not they're just not upregulated, they're just not expressed. They were not expressed in the embryo. So those genes are just not really doing anything for ovarian development because the testes are, are there and stabilized yeah. now right so I don't really understand I mean it's an interesting genetic like anecdote about how genes work and how they don't always express themselves so you have to have certain tissues for it to be expressed but
1: yeah
0: what's the point like so what like what yeah. what's his, what's his point in relationship to male and female
1: I I don't I would love to know what his point is ever at all about anything. Like other than, it's it's just because then it backs up what I said. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't though, but okay.
3: Okay, let's keep- Oh, and by the by, literally everything that I just said is completely reversed in birds. Birds don't have XY, they have ZW, and it's the boys that are homogenous in their chromosomes. So they have ZZ, and the girls have ZW, and they have to go through the complicated back and forth gene pathway just to stay girls.
1: And what does that matter with humans?
3: And
0: how do we define them as male or female still? It's because even though the males have ZZ chromosomes, they're male because they have the phenotype that produces sperm. And the females was ZW. They're females because they have the phenotype that produces eggs. That just reinforces the system of of sex. (laughs) And sex determination mechanisms, like we said, vary. Birds used a different one than humans, but they still result in males or females. So
3: and don't even get me started on dioecious versus monoecious plants, man, because they're even weirder. They're. A-
0: we remember that he got monoecious incorrect when he said it was yeah. one sex, so but it was actually two really, sexes in one. Yeah,
1: he really <laughs> doesn't want anyone to kind of started it off no. so he doesn't know what the heck he's no. talking about.
3: Lots of different species that don't have any differences in their sex chromosomes at all. They have totally different ways of establishing and differentiating their sexes.
1: Well, we don't establish or differentiate it based on chromosomes anyway. Gosh. <laughs> oh.
0: Well, even in species like he's saying that don't have sex chromosomes, there's different mechanisms. Yeah. To, that's like,
1: what I'm
2: saying.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, like this... in crocodiles they yeah. use temperature, where certain temperature values at which the eggs are incubating develop into males, like cause development into a male or cause development into a female. And that just depends on the temperature, but they still end up male or female.
1: He's ruining Elizabethan music for me. <laughs>
0: like this (laughs) yeah (laughs) not bad music in the background but yeah the association's not great no but but yeah never
1: go to ren fair again
0: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like um i think it's just it's just weird that like i think this stuff is really cool like the the genetic stuff is really cool yeah but he's trying to make it seem like male and female are arbitrary he keeps doing the same thing but it just reinforces our point
1: Man, he must be like no telemarketers or anything must ever call his house because he just would talk them through circles and just like bore the pants off of Yeah, Because I'll tell you what, we are, oh my God, because we've had to elaborate so much on so many points, we're only like halfway through
3: this video. Yeah, maybe
0: we can, we can shorten our points now like for example
3: there are lots of species of turtles and lizards and fish where sex is determined not by chromosomes but by the temperature of their eggs (laughs) so you have a female leopard gecko she lays her eggs in a cool shady spot all of the babies are going to be female but if she lays them in a warm sunny spot all of the babies will be male
0: how do you know what male and female are forrest you know (laughs) how do you know what male and female are you're using the terms like like you know what they mean yeah they they have a meaning let's keep going
3: unless it gets too warm and then they switch back over to female but they're incredibly aggressive and we call those hot females because herpetologists are not very imaginative and it's really really important to point out that when we're talking about these long genetic pathways where any one step along the way could take us way off track what we're talking about are variations not anomalies not deformities not defects variations
0: this is a big problem that we've discussed already but Right here is that conflation of variation with disorder. Not every variation is healthy. Yeah. He was listing out variations of like sex determination mechanisms and species. Those are the standard templates, healthy templates for those species. Um, and in the disorders that we've talked about—chromosomal disorders, genetic disorders, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. disorders of the gonads, genitalia, yeah. like the ones that impact the healthy functioning of the body. Mm-hmm those are disorders they're not healthy right. variations they need medical treatment right and like,
1: again going back to our like this has penetrated the medical community
0: mm-hmm.
1: so going back to our friend
0: mm-hmm.
1: like what so his doctor doesn't think he needs treatment even though not getting that treatment would kill him like it
0: yeah it, you're telling people with this with developmental disorders that they don't need treatment yeah that, you're implying that yeah and so, no, yeah you're
1: your cancer's not a problem. It doesn't need to be treated. It's just it's a just, variation. It's just a variation of how your cells are working. Like, dude. Again, like, I really, really, really don't want to attribute the worst to this person, but...
0: There's there's this tendency now to, <laughs> to say that we shouldn't call anything disordered. Yeah. And development that's healthy, that's healthy variation, yeah, we shouldn't call it disordered, but there are actual disorders that need to be treated. Like that that difference has to exist. It does exist and it's important. Mm -hmm. So let's keep going.
3: And there's a huge difference. Over the years, I've studied in a lot of anatomy labs and I've dissected a lot of human cadavers as well as other animals. And we see variations all the time. Just differences from the textbook, little changes in how an artery branches or how a nerve passes through a muscle or even big things like the shape or position of a whole organ. These are classified as variations and not deformities or anomalies because they happen a lot more often than you might think, and they don't really cause any harm. They're just relatively inconsequential differences.
0: What if they do cause harm?
1: Yeah.
2: Then
0: they would be disorders or conditions, medical conditions.
1: Like, I'm sorry, but having a lung that is smaller than the other one is going to cause problems. Having a chamber in your heart that is smaller than it needs to be is going to cause problems having like something in your eye not form properly like a structure in there not forming properly is going to impact your vision which is going to cause problems like oh my god this is why we have so many like different losing
0: losing your androgen receptor your yeah. t receptor as a xy male fetus is gonna make you infertile <laughs> like yeah
1: removing you know part of your uterus because of something is going to cause probably they can, you can get prolapses and
3: everything else. Like, it's just, I, hmm. This is between one person and another. So my question is, is it really so hard to accept that things like sex or gender could be subject to the same kinds of variations and that those variations would be at most equally inconsequential?
0: So sex, there are variations in people's bodies and yes. people's psychologies and there's averages an average for males and an average for females Mm -hmm. but we can only define that variation as related to the sexes because we know what male and female are in the first place and um there's a healthy incredible amount of variation within males and within females but that variation you know like we said before overlap between two categories in certain traits Mm -hmm. does not make those traits social constructs
1: right also what is he defining as gender and why is he bringing it up now when he's talking about like Mm -hmm. developmental differences like
0: Mm -hmm.
1: what does that have to do and he still hasn't
0: defined it so no well he can't because if you
1: do then that's transphobia yeah so
3: this may shatter someone's whole worldview, but it needs to be said in fact if you take nothing else away from this video i hope you understand this one point an x or a y chromosome Is neither necessary nor is it sufficient for determining your sexual identity
1: my sexual identity
0: yeah it's unclear if he's saying your sex or your identity in terms of how you feel about yourself it's unclear I've had activists argue to me that yeah you you don't necessarily need an X or a Y if, well, that means if you have other gene mutations or translocations that produce the testes or ovaries, then you might not need the Y chromosome. But that's due to genetic disorders. Um, you need the Y chromosome for healthy development because it has the important male sex-determining genes and the genes involved in sperm production and all that. And so, of course, they're, they're critical for, yeah. for your sex. Now, when it comes to like how you feel that's a different story altogether.
1: can I shatter his whole worldview right now um as someone with gender dysphoria wanting to escape your body because of your sex uh, isn't healthy and it's not like a comfy place to be because you can't ever do it So um yeah no like the please please do not please do not because you're
0: (laughs) so he's saying that your genes do not actually determine your sex and also like your sexual like how you feel about yourself
1: sexual identity identity
0: and that you can he's implying that you can change that
1: i i'm really not sure what he's implying here other than like it's unclear what gender identity which what happened to not conflating sex and gender but okay
0: again he might be talking about Sexual identity I've heard described as, like, your body, like your sex. Right. But I've also heard sexual identity being how you identify. Right. right? So it's unclear. Like. So, yeah, let's let's keep uh, going.
3: There is no standard template for male yes, versus female development in biology.
0: That is a crazy statement to make. It's like saying there's no standard template for, like, developing a heart in humans or, or humans. eyes or humans themselves there's no standard template for a human no standard um the know. divide between you know the gr- a great ape or like the divide <laughs> a between pig. A, a pig or or yeah a human is is just arbitrary yeah, it's just arbitrary and yeah so first of all no there is a standard template for male and female development in humans we see it happen every day with every baby that's born Yeah. And we also have verified that through karyotype studies like discussed before, looking at the genetics, seeing that, oh, okay, their chromosomes align with their body in more than 99.99% of births. Yeah. So, yes, there is a standard healthy development template for developing as a male versus developing as a female. That doesn't mean that there's no variation in like genitalia size or height or. Or yeah. the development of your gonads, right? There's small variations, <sighs> but that doesn't mean that there's no standard template. Those variations exist within the male template versus the female template. Yeah. So again, conflating sex characteristics or variation with sex itself.
1: Oh my God. I like. Oof. Mm. He's lucky he's so tall otherwise I would high five his face. Like <laughs> <laughs> Just,
2: Also oh I want to also
0: mention that chromosomal disorders <clears throat> like XXY or XXX or XYY these result often in infertility. So they're not variations, they're disorders of sex development that right. impact your fertility and they deviate from that standard template. Yeah. Of XX versus XY, mm-hmm. um, but they're still male or female yeah. because they develop the phenotypes that produce either sperm or eggs. But yeah. they have different chromosomes. That's a chromosomal abnormality, right. similar to like Down syndrome, yeah. which is a which is when you receive an extra copy of chromosome twenty one.
1: And going back to what like his offensive statement on AIS, like and the, the, oh, they are producing so much testosterone, they should be growing antlers in a mane. That kind of rhetoric has also surfaced in certain circles where people have made statements that because their brains are swimming in testosterone, that those women are extremely violent or something like that. Um, more violent than, you know, the most, like, violent criminal males like that's that's but the we, accusation that that's I've the heard. accusation yeah but because but, yeah
0: because they don't have a male psychological profile because they can't receive any testosterone they don't have any type of male aggression patterns right. any of that
1: so again saying that kind of stuff forrest is just adding to that kind of rhetoric that is um very bigoted and ignorant um, when it comes to those women, and it's yeah. so harmful. So yeah, I just hmm. yep don't like them. I don't he, like. Him. He he
0: he portrays <laughs> those women as though they are like going to be these super yeah, masculine, aggressive. With, yeah, yeah, and that's not the case at all. Yeah, like, and the reason why they're females in the first place is because they can't respond to any testosterone. Yeah, well,
3: in the
1: womb.
3: Yeah. Okay. <sighs> and unless you have had your DNA sequenced and analyzed by a developmental biologist, you have no idea what's going on with you in this respect. As it stands- That's
1: so not true. It's very safe to say that if you are a male who produces sperm and is fertile, there's nothing- you have no chromosomal disorders or anything like that. You're good to go. Like, yeah, when it comes to women, if you're having a period, and you're able to get pregnant and everything, like again, probably yeah. like <laughs> good to go. Yeah. No, no developmental yep. like chromosome disorders or anything like that. You do not need a karyotyping test at that point. Now, if it's coming down to you're not fertile for some reason, might want to get that testing done. Yeah.
0: You might have a genetic right. disorder.
1: Right. Yeah. If it comes down to, oh, you know, again, like I'm 16, I haven't had a period like the rest of my peers, like might want to look into that. So um,
0: he makes it seem like there's just this like equal level of chance that maybe you right. are XXY or yeah, whatever, right? No, and that's not the case at all. Like, no. again, like I mentioned, I, the reason I mentioned the karyotype studies is because I wanted to respond to that is that yeah. uh, we've done the genetic studies. We have shown that almost every single birth results in XX or XY in yeah. humans. Yeah. And That there is a very, very small percentage that have chromosomal disorders. But again, that usually shows up pretty quick (laughs) in development, like whether through infertility or through other developmental issues. And
1: also, like, it's, again, important to note things like fertility or a menstrual cycle to know if you have something that isn't necessarily a developmental disorder, but something like PCOS or endometriosis which pcos can result in facial hair and things like that and why would like i feel like this type of rhetoric adds to the stigma of like oh if you're developing facial hair and things like that better watch out better watch out because you might be male. like yeah you know, don't that, yeah. you don't know yeah. like it <laughs> on dude like we it don't actually need to do you know what that. it actually
0: does is it it actually <laughs> increases people's gender dysphoria it does. Of, of like having gender dysphoria because it shows you or it's trying to argue that your your sex yeah. could be like not uh determined or or, or malleable right. or or up for debate right like, and and that oh my gosh I could find out that I'm actually a woman and, yeah. and it like and it actually incentivizes that thought st- structure
1: Yes when I was having issues like vaginal atrophy and things like that from being on birth control um, and having my hormones messed with, like I thought some of the issues that I was having because of my gender dysphoria were because I really had like some kind of male like thing in my body and I was meant to be like male. Like it, it wasn't, no, it was because of the the birth control i was taking like affecting me like it it doesn't again doesn't help people with gender dysphoria it doesn't help anybody to have this kind of rhetoric out there and it's just it's stigmatizing and it obfuscates
0: the important medical care for people who have those really rare disorders
1: like this is not okay
3: there are more than enough variations on the sex chromosomes alone to make a male that is feminine enough or a female that is masculine enough to pass as the opposite gender in both social circles and even to themselves
0: no. this whole sentence i don't know what it means at all honestly because he's not clear what does variation on the sex chromosome mean does it mean like gene variation inside the sex chromosomes um can... what does he mean when he says that they pass as the opposite gender does he mean sex? He hasn't defined gender yet. He I seems to be conflating the, the two. It's really weird.
1: That to AIS or something. I, that's the only thing. I can yeah. think of. But
0: it's just really unclear. Like it's not. Yeah, nothing's or like clear.
1: Klinefelters, maybe. But I. Yeah.
0: But but ma- males with Klinefelters don't pass as the opposite sex. No, they they're males and they're like, very clearly males. Yeah. Like so. I, yeah, it's weird. And it
1: also like makes it seem like oh the reason why i'm not passing like i hate this stupid passing argument i really do because like trans goals and passing and all of that stuff it really is chasing the dragon and it makes it so people are constantly constantly editing themselves and like freaking out when they aren't like able to look in the mirror and see exactly what they want to see because of the nature of body dysmorphia and the obsessive compulsive disorder that can come with gender dysphoria in a lot of cases so like can we not with this like can we just throw that away and stop with this stupid like oh then you pass even to yourself like sometimes you never end up passing like even to yourself because of body dysmorphia like We see it with eating disorders, too. To establish that kind of precedent is going to set up in somebody's head, like, if what I see in the mirror isn't passing to me, then there's something wrong with me genetically now, like, or, you know, they got so lucky with their genetics because they passed, but like, come on. I just
0: realized a huge hypocrisy point with Forrest is that he was arguing that there's no standard male or female development template yeah and then he's saying here that there's some type of standard to compare yourself with for passing yeah as the opposite sex yeah and doesn't that go against what he's been saying yeah like and there... isn't that enforcing a construct standard yeah. that it, it is so because yeah there
1: are as i'm sure he would argue because it's true there are some very feminine looking men and there are some very masculine looking women yeah and like just naturally, without any kind of hormone intervention or anything, or any kind of a DSD, it's just how they develop. Yeah. So I'd say so, why why
0: can't we just accept the within sex, yeah. as in within male, within female variation on people's bodies yeah. and behavior, rather than enforcing some type of passing standard, like some
1: sort of stupid gender yeah stereotype. Like passing if you want to talk standard.
0: about what's what's constructed, that is something that's yeah. totally constructed. So
3: yeah. Mm-mm. The language of genetics is in no way laconic or easy to decipher, and that makes it completely impossible to reduce things like sex and gender down to a binary. Gametes can be gendered in this way. Brains and bodies cannot.
0: (sighs) Okay, he means... See, what does he mean by gendered? Yeah. So, he's gametes can be gendered, he said, but brains and bodies cannot? Well gametes are the fundamental distinction between the sexes sperm yeah. and egg it's what everything is based on it's what our reproductive anatomy evolved from that difference it's what the behavioral differences that we see yeah. often evolved from is that difference in re- reproductive role and then when it comes to our bodies yeah like like they're very different yeah. and they're very easily sexed you can very yeah. easily tell without even taking anybody's clothes off who's male and who's female and on top of that, brains. Right. Like there, there are you know,
1: androgynous people. Let's just also throw that in there. That sometimes it can be hard to tell, um, especially if you know they're trans and they are like, you know, passing or or what right. have you. But it doesn't mean that they're or... somehow the opposite sex. Right. They're still they the sex still, that yes. they
0: developed as and by their genetics. Right,
1: yeah. and there are ways that you can you know test or whatever if need be but like to sit there and say that again it's like such bs and it's obfuscating and again it's really not helping with things like genetic disorders that need testing and health care and it's not great in terms of like women's health care yeah. either like our bodies are very different than yours Forrest. like my female body is very, very different from yours. Yeah. And it needs different health care. It needs different health care from a, a trans woman. Mm-hmm. Like a trans woman and that care regimen post op is very different than a female one. Like the bacteria is different. The um the care for a vagina versus the surgical construct of like the neo vagina. Mm-hmm. Like All of that Mm -hmm. is very different. And if you were to do one's care for the other, it could be dangerous. Like leaving a vagina without like douching and things like that, like on its own, if there's no like yeast infection or whatever, that's how you're supposed to do it. Douching and things like that can end up like being detrimental to the health of a vagina. (laughs) but if you were to do that with a transom and just leave it as is and not douche and not dilate and things like that you could end up with some serious infections like closures loss of depth and everything else so like don't like you're not helping anybody dude like you're hurting people this is not okay yeah.
3: The point that i'm trying to make here is that even what you might call normal is a massively diverse group of people we all live on a spectrum and people are under no obligation to make sense to you
0: this is the common argument that you see with the sex spectrum is that everybody can be put into their own bin and that there's no um there's no like system like reproductive system that is differentiated between the sexes there's nothing to differentiate the sexes we're all just unique well it's true that we're we're all unique individuals but we're divided into male or female forms yeah and that brings with it a whole host of important differences but,
1: you know i guess he's under no obligation to make sense to me so um you know why are you bothering to try and teach people educate people on biology or sex if no one's supposed yeah. to make sense to you or you're if, not supposed to know if there's no any norm or no yeah. knowledge to be applied If there's no knowledge to be applied and nothing to learn other than there is nothing to learn because we're all just individuals and we need to be treated by our doctors without any kind of standard, just as individuals, which would be really freaking difficult for doctors. Like even like endocrine specialists do not go off of like your individualized hormone profile unless there's something like wrong. Specifically, they're going off of like averages. We can't, we
0: can't assume so, that your heart is actually functioning yeah. like a heart. We, we it might be functioning like a kidney. Yeah, it might be.
1: Exactly.
0: It might <laughs> be filtering urine through. I don't know. Like, like that's the kind of mentality. Yeah, there's of no this way to
1: know if that's even rings. where your heart is in your body unless we do like a full workup on you. Like there's a reason why when you go to your doctor, you don't get like full workups and MRIs and everything else. Like there's a standard. And he's acting like those standards don't exist. He's acting like there's nothing to compare it to, that there's, yeah, that everything is totally individualized and that nothing makes sense and nothing has a definition. And no, no, that's not how it works. Like, Oh my gosh.
3: The other point that I'm trying to make is that we really need to stop saying things like, XX equals girl. At most, we need to be saying things like people with XX are typically girls. We need.
0: Okay, so this is actually an interesting point, but he is kind of ob- obfuscating things like he is doing normally throughout the whole video. So almost always in humans, XX results in a female. But we do not define sexes by chromosomes, we define them by the reproductive anatomy they develop with respect to the production and release of either sperm or eggs. And almost always we can correlate XX chromosomes to that Mm -hmm. phenotype. Yeah. But sometimes due to genetic disorders or even in other species where they don't use XX chromosomes to develop into a female. We still define sex by that universal definition of gonad gamete type. And that's what he doesn't mention here. And it's why we can define people who have XY chromosomes who develop a female system, even with ovaries, as females. We we don't call them male because of the system they develop in relationship mm-hmm. to gamete type. So, yeah, he's he's making it seem like it's not as common as it is to develop yeah. with XX as a, as a female. Yeah. But it's almost always, almost near 100% the case. Yeah.
3: So to do away with all of this unnecessarily heteronormative language we're going oh, to ameliorate God. the way that our society perceives and treats gender as a whole. What but is, to really understand what I mean by that...
1: What does heterosexuality yeah. Yeah. have to do with it?
0: Yeah, male and female across the animal and plant like, kingdoms, like, what does that have to do with, with certain constructs related to heterosexuality yeah, like, in society? Yeah,
1: the fact that that's what leads to reproduction yeah. is... Heterosexual yeah, it's, reproduction. It's required to produce new individuals. But and, like, yeah. What does the heteronormative I don't, I don't term it. have yeah. to do with it here? Like, also.
0: But he's using he's using girls and boys. Yeah. And when you call that heter- heteronormative I, language,
1: I would. And like, what in terms does, of his viewpoint. Yeah. Also, what does heterosexuality have to do with being trans, like, or having gender dysphoria, like that? Yeah doesn't impact my yeah. sexuality
3: let's try to define gender gender is a fluid term and a social <laughs> construct and if you don't believe me on that just think about this with me for a second can a real man wear a dress can a real woman fix a car what about ordering a fruity cocktail Who? Gets-
0: yes they can do all those different things because they are males or females yeah. who can have a diverse way of expressing themselves and it doesn't change their sex
1: like what does that have to do with what that? exactly
0: let's keep going and see
3: to do that what about being the primary bread earner of the house who, who, whose job is that when you think about it for more than Never two seconds you start to realize that the way that we define gender is completely arbitrary and it right. varies from generation to generation if not from person to person so if he's
0: talking about like the the expression and roles that are layered onto males and females from society mm-hmm. that is arbitrary to a degree it still has its link back to referring right. to males and females and some of those roles were were defined or developed over time because of the different reproductive roles right how females have to invest so much resources in in gestating the offspring and giving right. birth and take care of the taking care of Which the infant
1: is why in regressive cultures when a male is effeminate or when they have too many sons like in the fafafini culture they will make those sons into daughters and have them do female roles like female typical roles right like Tending to laundry and taking care of the children because there aren't enough girls in the family, or because they were effeminate and they're regressive that way, and so they push those roles right. So, th- so onto they don't the they don't
0: accept that boys can express those right. different roles in right. society. They they say, well, that can only happen in in right. girls, and that makes you a girl. Is that what right. they're saying basically? That it yes. makes you a girl if you express those different roles.
1: Or I can't remember the name of the culture, but I think it's in Poland. Where um, females who want to own property and things like that have to basically take on a male social role. And they're not allowed to marry and things like that. But they are then allowed to own property. So
0: So those examples are reinforcing. Right. They're reinforcing really harmful
1: gender stereotypes and social constructs. Not really helping your case. talking
0: about all all these people are still male and female like yeah like whatever whatever gender quote-unquote role you have how you express yourself or behave in relationship to your sex yeah like that doesn't define your sex
1: no it doesn't make you any less male or female doesn't make you any less a man or a woman like being gay doesn't make you any less a man or a woman so so what's the point why is he bringing this up here i don't understand
3: I mean, consider the fact that our traditional nursery colors of blue for boys and pink for girls was only really established in the 1940s. Before that, dressing a boy in pink would have been all the rage. But mm-hmm. now, if you ask most people, they'd say that dressing a boy in pink is, like, somehow obscene.
0: See, we we agree. It doesn't yeah. matter, like, what color males and females wear. Right. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Like, that doesn't yeah. make them the opposite sex.
1: My friend's a costume mistress, and she, like, made these beautiful renaissance, mm. like, robes and things like that for her son when he was little Mm -hmm. and most of them were pink or red or something Mm -hmm. like that because of like those were the Mm -hmm. colors used during those periods of Mm -hmm. time makes sense yeah that's cool Mm -hmm.
3: the truth is that masculine and feminine really don't mean anything in concrete terms certainly not in biological terms Mm.
0: here's another problem masculine and feminine just really describes your average behavioral patterns within males and females so a trait that is expressed more in males, you can say that it's a masculine yeah. trait. And a and trait again, that's expressed more in females, it's a feminine trait. Yeah. But males can express feminine yes. traits. And females can express masculine
1: traits. And again, there are averages. Yeah. And there are averages when it comes to, like, you know, as we've discussed before, brain patterns and behavior and stuff like that. Which is why boys and girls do better in certain learning environments. Yeah. So like catering to that on average is probably better for their ways of learning than like ignoring it and just applying a blanket thing to everybody. We
0: can do both at once. We can cater to the average pattern and also accept and understanding the variation that doesn't exist within the average. Right. And that's something, but Forrest wants to get rid of the average and the norm completely. Right. He wants to act like masculine and feminine don't mean anything that we should dispense with it while, while upholding regressive stereotypes of masculine and feminine.
1: Like this goes back to evolution and behavior and things like that. And I've talked about it a little bit. I'd really like to read more about it, but we did evolve based on our biology and that kind of made our behavior cater to that. So like males were more likely to go out and hunt and things like that. Women were more likely to stay in like groups and take care of the young and things like that and forage nearby because it was safer and less intensive. And we already have to expend so many resources on menstruation, on childbearing, on child rearing. Like, because we have the baby, the baby is nourished by us. They are with us most of the time when they're young. So males didn't have to do that. So they could go out and do that. And it it affects how they are socially like males aren't as risk averse as females are because of like resource expenditure and stuff like that. And same thing with choosing mates. So. Like, yeah, all of those things kept kind of coding into things mm-hmm. as time went on. That's what established it as the the average. Yeah. So to act like there's no reason for them and then it's not tied to sex is kind of but it's not heteronormative, it's not arbitrary, it's not new. Like it's been around for speaking. It's
0: been around for, you know, millions of years when it comes to yeah. hominids. Yeah. And then it going back even further to male female reproduction and just the beginning of mammals yeah. 500 million years ago those ultimate like differences in yeah. uh, reproductive contribution yeah that's the fundamental difference between the sexes and we
1: can see that in other animals like that their behaviors between male yeah. and female like birds even spiders like it fits so now, yeah like it we again yeah. he said in the beginning we are animals we're not special that way well, we're not special when it comes to behavior that, is, that really is derived from sex on average.
0: We are special in the sense that we can analyze our behavior yeah. in, our, in our societal structure and find elements of that structure that are outdated and mm-hmm. that can go away and that we yeah. don't need anymore. Yeah. But just because um, certain things evolved biologically to favor males versus females in terms of resources or roles... Doesn't yeah. mean that we have to keep every single societal construct, right, but it also doesn't mean that those those ultimate differences don't exist mm-hmm. on the reproductive level and the behavioral level on average, yeah. right so you can have you can have both things. you just gotta be actually nuanced about it and understand that there's some things that are societally constructed mm-hmm. and that can be dispensed with, yeah. others that can't
1: like wearing certain colors, <laughs> yeah, like wearing
0: certain colors <laughs> yeah. or or even like some of the certain jobs that people decide to do yeah. to, to a degree like it, yeah, yeah it's, it's the same kind of thing
3: okay gender is just the term that we use for how an individual organism expresses their sexual identity in a cultural context it is a reflection of that individual's expectations and the society's expectations of their behavior and just to really drive that point home let's take a look at a few examples to show just how fuzzy gender really is We've talked a little bit about sexual dimorphism. There are some species where the males are bigger and stronger than the females. There are also so, some species where the females are bigger and stronger yeah. than the males. And then there are yeah. a lot more species that are not dimorphic at all. And so the males and females are completely indistinguishable from one another.
0: They're not completely distinguishable from one another because even in the species that have little, little dimorphism, like, no, not much difference between the the body size or behavior between males and females. Yeah. They're still different because they have different reproductive systems that produce different gamete types, sperm or eggs. Yeah. That is the fundamental difference. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they're that they don't exist. And yeah. that the, like again, he's conflating the sex binary, male and female, with the level of dimorphism mm-hmm. in certain species. Yeah. Of males and females. Yeah.
1: Which again, he's He's bringing up <laughs> animals right after he brought up people. And he's going back, yeah. Yeah. Back to and animals. he's not giving a reason as to why. Like, I gave a reason as to why, is because, mm. like, because of the resource expenditure or whatever, that's why certain behaviors might have developed in males and females, like in humans. Mm-hmm. And we can see that in other animals as well. But. he's bringing it up kind of out of nowhere and not explaining why
0: yeah we'll see let's see what he does what he says
3: there are also plenty of species that have three or more genders or no genders at all. There are even some species where the males take multiple forms, some of those forms resemble females. There are other species, like hyenas, where the females are so indistinguishable from the males that it's really hard to tell the difference without like dissecting them, because the females have a fully erectile pseudopenis.
0: So, he's saying that we can't distinguish between the female and male and the hyena? Because the female has a really long, what's called pseudo penis. <laughs> it's actually a clitoris. It's a gigantic external clitoris through which she uh, conceives and gives birth. Like just yeah. like receives the sperm and gives birth. These hyenas do not have a vaginal canal like like regular mammals. They're unique in that way. But we know which one is the female based on which one conceives ovulates gestates and gives birth right and the females tend to be really aggressive in the hyena species but they um they're still females Mm -hmm. (laughs) like we know the difference and you can tell the difference it's subtle but you can tell
1: also what species is he talking about with three genders i don't
0: know i didn't say but and what does he mean by three genders? Does he yeah. mean like different types of behavioral profiles, maybe? Maybe they're still male or female based on their yeah. what gametic contribution they they is, provide.
1: I mean, the only thing that can come to mind is like a female or a male that might be more or less like dominant,
0: yeah, or something. But is that? But then is he saying that they're not male that. or female because they're not no, they don't fit the roles of their sex? Like,
1: <laughs> that comes down to like hierarchy and stuff yeah which I mean arguably you can say humans have social hierarchy. like does that make us different yeah. genders depending on like where we are? like
0: he, he likes to claim in the that pecking order. <laughs> he likes to claim that there's like that there shouldn't be like subspecies or that it would be like ridiculous yeah. to say that. but then he's upholding categories that are constructed like by saying that oh, because this male in this species behaves differently that oh my gosh, we don't know which one's male or female
2: yeah isn't
0: that really regressive it is and, and it obfuscates what male and female he, actually he are
1: started off by saying women can fix cars and men can fix, you know yeah dresses, and going to other
0: animals like then
1: he's like oh but then this makes you something else doesn't make you male or female like, like no, but, it, no they're
0: male or female they just have diverse ways of yeah. like expressing their behavior like, what's
1: the gender role for somebody who's non-binary then like is he saying that like now he's saying if somebody behaves a certain way, that makes them a gender.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like that changes their sex mm-hmm. or their sexual identity, as he yeah. says. Like then he's basing sexual identity on regressive yeah. behavior stereotypes.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, no.
0: So after the hyena,
3: he's going to bring up bats. Let's listen to this. Okay, sure, of
1: course. There are
3: fruit bats in Borneo, Malaysia, where the males lactate to feed the babies. And even human males have mammary glands that can be triggered to develop and even produce milk given the right circumstances, no matter what your chromosomes look like.
1: You don't say.
0: So the male (laughs) bats that can lactate, they're a special type of fruit bat, and they found that their mammary glands and nipples were not as large as the females, and the amount of milk was only about a tenth Of that produced by the females and guess what males were never observed nursing the young so what's the cause what why do they why are they producing milk in these fruit bat males well one reason might be related to diet these fruit bats eat fruit but they also eat leaves that contain estrogen-like compounds called phytoestrogens which can stimulate milk production Mm -hmm. so this ability for the males to produce milk could serve no functional purpose at all (laughs) ultimately and even if they did lactate just like the females it would not call into question which bat is male versus which bat is female
1: again going back to the seahorses or penguins or any male that is male and just that species of animal yeah does things differently than what humans or another species might do like it doesn't change the fact that they produce the small gametes they're the ones that fertilize the egg they just have a different adaptation or behavior Mm
3: -hmm.
1: that is is contrary to what might exist in other species which we've already established that even chromosomes can be different in other species when it comes to sex determination so then why are we bringing it up what does it matter why are we bringing it up in comparison to humans, I don't understand where he's going with any of this.
0: And then the milk like, production in human males he was yeah. talking about, too, that, that human males can lactate.
1: Under, like, very specific circumstances. And, and it's not the same milk yeah, produced not, by the mom. No. Yeah. And it takes a lot of um, intervention unless there's a hormonal so, issue.
0: So it's kind of similar to the fruit bat example. Yeah. and that the fruit bats... They have smaller nipples. The males don't have smaller nipples. Yeah. They produce a lot less milk and they don't even use it to nurse the young because there's not enough nutrients in that milk. Yeah, there is same isn't. thing with the human males.
1: So yeah. And when males have done that, they are depriving a baby of yeah. nutrients.
0: Which should be that... considered child abuse. Yes. Okay.
3: There are lots of species where the males impregnate the females and the females give birth. There are other species where the females deposit eggs inside the male and then the male gives birth. There are some
0: like the seahorses, but the seahorse male does not give birth. He just releases the eggs out of the pouch Yeah, and they were fertilized by his sperm. So he's obviously still a male. It doesn't change that.
3: Species where the males, not the females, tend to the nest and watch over the eggs. There are other species where they take turns. There are lots and lots of species that are patriarchal, and the males control the group. There are lots and lots of other species that are matriarchal, and the females control the group.
0: How do you define male and female, forest? You keep using the terms like you know what they mean.
3: A lot of primate species, even some of our closest relatives, are matriarchal, not patriarchal. In fact, there are several species where being a big, strong, dominant alpha male would mean no female ever mates with you. And as I said in the beginning of this video, humans are not special in any of this. We are just animals. The one cool thing that we've got going on for us is that we are the only animals that can communicate in great detail how it feels to have a gender. We should not be afraid of these differences between cis and trans and gay and straight or whatever. We should be excited for an opportunity to learn how life really works rather than just trying to cram everything down into boxes all the time.
1: Again, taxonomy. Taxonomy, yeah. Categorizing things is how we can understand. Like, you want to make people understand? That's how we understand what things are. If you call a water bottle, a brick, and I call it a water bottle, okay, we don't know that we're talking about the same thing. Like, until we can see what the person is referring to and understand why you're calling it that thing, and then we realize, oh crap, we have like a total fundamental misunderstanding of how like language works between each other we need to sit down for a long time and discuss what shared terms we have and how to like that's again like that's how we've come to understand other languages
0: <laughs> just like how we yeah. can only know what trans means if uh... we, can, we can only know what trans means if we know that trans means a person of one sex identifying as the as the opposite sex we
1: need to know what sex is to know what trans is
0: yes trans people would not exist if male and female did not exist yes like Uh, yeah oh my gosh gay people lesbians would (laughs) not exist if male and female did not exist i would
1: not have gender dysphoria if i did not have revulsion over my sexed body my reality like what is there Like, which, by the way, again, is not normal or good or fun or something that I should celebrate or be happy about. Like, buddy, no. Like, no. (laughs) Like, just.
3: If we want to understand what it means to be anything, we need to focus on science and be listening to the people who are living the lives that we want to understand.
0: What do you have to say about that, Cynthia?
1: to take his own advice golden advice yeah listen to
0: science listen to the people who lived with those disorders for example yeah or with dysphoria instead of just
1: saying that they could grow antlers or a mane like you might just want to listen to them and about how you're spreading misinformation that's hurting them in the real world and taking their insurance coverage away and things like that because you're destigmatizing or st- and normalizing their condition to the point yeah. where people aren't seeing it as a condition that needs to be treated and can hurt them like
0: yeah exactly
1: like really i can't really. imagine
0: having a dsd like the ones he described and then hearing it described that way it just would be really like it would it would really hurt really bad
1: yeah like really just high five right to the face <laughs>
3: And speaking of understanding, let's take a minute to talk about brains.
0: So this is the section... Yay, I don't uh, have to listen to him
1: again for this part (laughs) of the section. This is the
0: neuroscience section that we did with um, NeuroSGS on Twitter. His name is Sammy. He's a PhD neuroscience student. And he knows a lot about this section on neuroscience of sex differences and the brain sex hypothesis that Forrest will describe in this section. So we will link this video in the description and right here on the video and you can access that and we'll skip through this section and then resume after he ends the neuroscience section after you see that with Sammy so
3: but that's just a supposition so let's get back to science and wrap things up so if you've been following along, oh. we've covered that there oh, are at least three different areas of the issue. brain that are dimorphic between the sexes. And they each vary independently of one another. So that means you have two different possibilities in three different regions. So two times two times two is eight different ways that your brain could be structured between what you might call just male or just female. If- so you just, can have eight
0: brain sex
1: structures.
0: Just to, just to clarify this based on the neuroscience section which we covered in, in the other video, males and females don't have a single thing that you can call a male brain versus a female brain. There's no black and white dichotomy. There are average differences within brains of males and brains of females. It doesn't mean that you, if you have an atypical structure in your brain that you're suddenly the opposite sex, just as though if you have an atypical height as a male, like you're really short. That doesn't make you less male or or female, right? It's that same kind of concept. So let's continue.
3: If you factor in what kind of gonads you have, either testes or ovaries, that's another times two, but you could also have neither and you could also have both. So we really should be saying times four, but just for convenience sake, we'll say another times two.
0: You can't multiply all of the combinations together as if they're equal. Like having both, listen, having both ovaries and testicular tissue inside due to a genetic disorder that is so unbelievably rare it's like one in 100,000 births like that is incredibly rare you can't just multiply all these things together and act like, oh you could just end up with any of these combinations like that's not that's not science that's not data that's not reality it's just wrong let's continue.
3: <laughs> so that means that you have at least 16 different configurations of what you could presumably call someone's gender and we haven't even factored in sexual orientation you would have to make different permutations for gay for straight for bisexual for pansexual for asexual we haven't factored in intersex people we haven't factored in klinefelter syndrome where you have xxy that's three sex chromosomes we haven't factored in turner syndrome where you have x and then nothing else we haven't factored in whether you have a penis or a vagina or both or
0: This is what's called a gish gallop, which is to list so many different so many different facts or even not facts, just lies, to make your opponent seem overwhelmed like and and not know how to respond, right? And oh, all this all this stuff is irrelevant like to what sex is. And he lists he lists developmental disorders that result in infertility that still let me tell you result in males or females based on the body they develop and two he he lists like i forgot like there's so many different things already like he's trying
1: to sexual orientation yeah sexual
0: orientation your sexual orientation does not change your sex or make oh. sex undefinable in fact the only way we can define sexual orientation is in reference to sex in reference to male and females.
1: the other thing like First of all, you can't have both sets of genitals. That's just not something that you can have. Yeah, you cannot
0: have both sets of genitals because the systems are mutually antagonistic. Again, yeah. like I said before, as one system develops, yeah. the other one is inhibited. And mm-hmm. our our bodies, our our bodies and our genitalia actually start from a bipotential state. They they start from a similar embryonic origin. So for example, the penis and the clitoris they start from a similar a similar embryonic origin but due to genetics and hormones they develop down different paths Uh, one turns into a clitoris one turns into a into a penis it's the urogenital area that develops that way so just because we have a similar origin in those tissues doesn't mean that they're interchangeable it doesn't mean that you can have both you can you cannot have both
1: also he's trying to now claim that all of these things factor into your gender, which then he says, there's this many, right? Like this many. And it's like, okay. So all of those many have a definition each that is like, you know, solid and measurable no i bet he'd say no like
2: yeah Yeah, (laughs) exactly
1: just
0: (laughs) and even with like the rates of these different conditions like klinefelter syndrome that he mentioned it happens in around 0.1 percent of births with turner syndrome it's a similar percentage yeah um and these aren't these aren't really common they're really rare chromosomal disorders that impact males and females
1: yeah He's suggesting now that not only even though he said there's not, you know, anything that makes you a man or woman from a behavioral standpoint, because, you know, you can have a certain job or you can wear a dress or order a fruity drink or whatever, like no matter which sex you are, which is true. Now he's trying to say that there is some measurable criteria that Mm -hmm. makes you that gender Mm -hmm or dictates your sexual identity or gender or whatever he wants to call it right now. I don't really know which way he wants to go since he's been all over the place with it. Um. So, like, there is a way that males and females behave, or there is a way that that presents itself. Like, is he gonna pick a lane? Is he ever gonna land on any kind of consistency? Or Yeah, he
0: sounds like he's saying now that, like, every individual is unique with no... no things that make people different or or all these different things that make people so different that we can't categorize anybody as anything
1: but no but he's also saying there are categories yeah you know 16 or 32 or what like okay what are they
0: yeah and what's their function and And like, like
1: why now are there categories like can't can't you just it's your sex is just your body why
0: can't you accept i don't understand why why can't people who are arguing similar points accept that there's just variation within males and variation within females? yeah like
1: he was talking about that like that why can't we just accept that but he's the one not accepting it
0: yeah he's not
1: he's he's the one saying oh well he's i i can't accept that because there's you know these things factor into your gen like no he's
0: he's othering people from their sex Based on atypical differences, yeah,
1: like males and females have variation within their sex, and they can like be outside averages and things like that. I mean, so
0: imagine that. imagine like, telling a, imagine telling a woman with Turner syndrome, yeah. who develops with only one X chromosome and whose ovaries fail, yeah, they they can't produce eggs. Imagine telling a woman who develops with that condition that she's not. A female yeah or somehow this new category of human or something
1: that that has to affect or play into her gender identity or sexual identity or whatever these conditions
0: have pretty much no impact on on that
1: that's seriously messed up like this forest guy is like not a good guy like at all i don't like him he's no you can't he tries to act like he's oh he's so, so accepting and inclusive by saying this stuff, but no he's being extremely exclusionary yeah and like a regressive creep like Mm -hmm. mm -mm.
3: no neither or more than one of one or the other which happens from time to time
0: he said that you can have more than one of one or the other genitalia like double penis double vagina i don't think that can happen (laughs) definitely (laughs) (laughs) cannot. I don't think, I, I've never heard of a, of a human oh born God. with with two penises or, or two vaginas. Oh, my God. I mean, how, that doesn't mean that, that can't even happen because of the way that sex development works.
1: I just love that he's doing these wild hand gestures. Where does the Do second penis thing.
0: come from, Cynthia?
1: Your heart. <laughs>
0: there, Believe. There is no tissue. Like, if you already develop the penis, that tissue has been used. There's no other tissue that's going to develop into another penis. Like, like that that tissue that's the urogenital sinus that develops like yeah I mean, where does that come from like it's
1: like can see i could see how maybe conceivably in like a failed twin situation where like you're developing as a twin and then something went wrong right. maybe. <laughs> like maybe but technically it'd be
0: like two people conjoined
1: yeah and it probably wouldn't be like Functional. viable yeah viable even. it'd be yeah. like vestigial at best. like, or
0: even the fetus itself would be non-non-viable yeah. couldn't survive yeah but yeah um like yeah
1: god i i don't even know where to go with this because again he's acting like could just happen to anybody yeah but anytime do you, do you you might have ovaries now did you yep. check you like- might
0: have ovaries and a double penis <laughs>
3: Well, we're done with this, <laughs> if you really really want to push the idea that everybody fits into just one out of however many boxes you are very quickly going to have to come up with dozens if not hundreds of different categories just to nope. fit this insanely parochial worldview you're keeping
0: Nope. this insanely parochial worldview parochial, parochial worldview that he's that he mentioned like that you mean the worldview that there's just two sexes in almost all plant and animal species and that genetic abnormalities and disorders don't call into question the existence of those two sexes
1: Yep, and that those two sexes can dress or have any job they want to have so yep
0: and that the only way we can treat genetic disorders is by first knowing what sex that person is what development path they were on gee where it went off from the standard template
1: yeah How awful we are to have that view, oh man.
3: It is so much easier just to say that things like sex and gender and sexual orientation exist on a spectrum. And while it is entirely possible that you're like 100% straight or 100% female, it's also at least equally possible that you land somewhere along this fuzzy gradient.
0: Um, so okay. So he said it's easier to say that sex is just a spectrum, no. and it might actually be easier on a superficial level if you don't understand what sex is, like by by just looking at all this variation in biology and saying, "Oh my gosh, wow! I guess this, I guess there aren't just two sexes." Well, you're not understanding what sex actually is, what the sexes actually are. You're you have a superficial understanding like... at best of biology and how traits function and how systems work together as a whole for reproduction like it's not easier it's just it's wrong and it's also completely superficial at best
1: then you would have to explain like why despite this alleged spectrum we can only reproduce via males and females yeah Um,
0: this spectrum ignores evolution it ignores development it ignores how people's bodies are organized around different reproductive functions yeah. and it makes it seem like people are just these unique independent set of characteristics that don't have any functional um, correlations to anything yeah. like we like, we can't operate in the world with that ideology i
1: mean sure for it's always easier to lie i guess yeah <laughs> like it's always easier to just make something up sure
3: and again Unless you have had your brain scanned and your genome sequenced, well, you have no idea it? where you land on this deeply ramified line at this very moment. And
1: at this very moment, like my <laughs> my chromosome can change it at any yeah, moment. Yeah.
3: So again, we've covered
0: this again. He keeps saying this stuff, but we've done the studies. We know the genetics. We know that almost every single birth results in XX or XY, and typical male or female reproductive systems. And then on top of that, what would a brain scan so show? my
1: ovaries could be anywhere right now, Zachary. Yeah. So could yours. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but what would the brain scan show? As, I don't know. As we discussed in the neuroscience video, the brain sections that he uses, the, the literature is either incredibly inconsistent, the sample size is either, either, is either very small, or it's confounded by sexual orientation, by taking cross-sex hormones, um, by post mortem studies,
1: by you know mice,
0: and by mice, some of the ones he used were actually just studies in mice, and trying to correlate people. gender identity in humans, and which completely different brain regions in yeah, humans. Which
1: again, because of the way that mouse brains end up processing estrogen and testosterone through aromatase, is very different you than humans. You can't it compare one to one. No, to the human brain studies, so. checkmate i guess like what do you have now
3: that shouldn't bother you it should make you curious but to go on telling people it does make me curious and i also
0: have a understanding that it doesn't make somebody not male or female
1: yeah the fact that there's only two sexes with variation in between shouldn't bother you bud
0: but it does (laughs) it bothers him deeply (laughs) it really does and yeah
1: you shouldn't spread misinformation about it just cause it bothers you. That's harmful.
3: <laughs> things like you're XY and that means you're a boy and boys act like this is not only preposterously inaccurate, things, it is cruel and dangerous.
1: Those two things are completely different. Saying that a boy is XY on the overwhelming majority of boys are XY it, and that boys need to act like this two totally different things that are not connected
0: yeah it's conflating it's conflating two things one the chromosomal mechanisms for determining sex and then two it's conflating uh, gender stereotypes yeah and it's like well no we know what a boy is it's a a male human who has not developed to maturity yet who's not an adult a child and also that doesn't mean yeah
1: the only time i would ever say like a boy should act like this is like well boys shouldn't have a job and a mortgage like that's about it like same with a girl like that's for adults that's the only time i'd be like hey don't act don't don't be you know a boy who goes out to the coal mines like that's the only thing that i would say
0: so like what is so saying that a per- a person an infant born as a male that that's a boy yeah an infant boy that's cruel and dangerous
1: I you know, it's critical I for that so. boy
0: to understand that he that he's a male yeah that how his body developed and, and what that means right and and it, it's also important yeah. for him to understand that he can behave and express himself in a variety of ways and that behaving in atypical ways <laughs> does not make him not male. Yeah. It doesn't make him female. He's still a male. Yeah. So why is Forrest conflating those two things? Like we, me, he's saying we can't recognize sex in, right. in humans?
1: When I was a little girl and I thought I would grow up to be a man because no one really told me what a girl was or a boy was before that or that they would become a man or a woman or that I was one or the other. Like, that was really damaging to me psychologically at the time because it really shattered my worldview that I was not going to grow up to be a man because I had like it sets up your expectations for what you will be and how to relate to the world like
0: so so having this idea that you're just born as a blank slate with yeah. no we, we with no sex basically that yeah. that idea actually could cause a lot of people to develop gender dysphoria yeah. by thinking that, Oh, I should just develop into whatever I think is right. Yeah. And not actually have an understanding of the reality of what body they're in and what that means.
1: Exactly. And then I spent a long, long time, like a big part of my childhood trying to figure out like how to reconcile that because I had no idea. And this was like a foundational belief for me. Yeah. So like,
0: and then what helped yeah. you actually recognize that? That you, I could
1: just be a girl. You could just be a girl, a female. Yeah, a female that could do whatever just and didn't change anything and didn't mean anything harmful, really. Like, honestly, being exposed to that kind of messaging on TV because my family was very regressive with gender roles and that kind of thing because you're Cuban.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so just knowing that, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm a female. And that doesn't mean anything as far as like what I can do for a job or who I can marry or like what is expected of me from society. Like I can just go out and get a job and get an education and like play sports or like be with a woman if I want to. Like if that's my, you know, cho- because I'm bisexual so I can like make that choice on like somebody who's like gay or Heterosexual. So, like, yeah. And I knew about my sexuality very early on. Mm -hmm. So, like, it was really reassuring to me hearing the messaging that, okay, just because I have the body I have doesn't restrict me to like experiences, really. Like, when it comes to social stuff, like, if I want to have all male friends, I can do that. If I want to, play sports i can do that and it didn't change anything like yeah that was what really helped growing up yeah <laughs> was that was really comforting to me so for him to sit here and act like i don't know like there's some weird like we it's just all like interchangeable whatever it's a blanks slate like no no, that's not helpful. That that kind of stuff like stressed me out more. So,
0: cuz then you're not grounded in reality. You're not yeah. grounded in your body. You're not grounded in in that just that piece of knowing uh who you are.
1: Right, like it made me think there was something wrong with me. Yeah. It made me think I had like internal like parts that meant something and Mm that oh it had to be like connected to my body that I was atypical like as a girl like no just some people are atypical in their behavior like and it has nothing to do with your your sex like you can be an xx female or an xy male and be atypical in your behavior or your presentation or like your sexuality like that's fine like, it doesn't need to be, like, he's acting like, he's acting like everybody else is creating the categories that they are creating. Like, they are creating all the extra categories and all the extra crap with, like, the genders and the gender expression and, like, all, like, Yeah, this no. is an inter-
0: interesting thing that I've noticed is that um, if you look back on, like, regressive views on people who have disorders of sex development or any disorder. Um specifically with disorders of sex development, they were often oh you're a third sex, you're not yeah. you're not you're not male or and female, right? Again. And yeah, and what people are doing now is doing the same thing, yeah. but now they're like, oh, they are the other they are a third sex, they're between sexes and that's yeah. a good thing and that's yeah. the truth. And also people who even have these disorders have bought into the lie and they're saying as well Oh no, I am a third sex and that's great. Yeah. Like or I am I am neither sex and it's like but that's a lie. It's not true.
1: Yeah, and again, it's going to affect their health care. It's going to affect their lives like it it's it's not healthy. It's really not. Like just you're a male or a female. It mostly just affects like medical stuff or like stuff that involves like physical things like biology or whatever like in sports like you know it it affects certain average behavior patterns or whatever like it doesn't affect how you have to like live your life like i said you can all still have like atypical interests and atypical sexuality or whatever we don't need to create all of these extra like lesser and greater male categories on this spectrum and whatever like we don't need to do that like yeah. it's so much simpler just like i don't i don't understand again who he thinks he's helping but it's um, actually no one
3: <laughs> which brings me to why i care as someone who is cisgendered and at least mostly straight you could argue that i don't have a dog in this fight but the fact of the matter is i am a scientist and an educator i care about the truth i care about human beings and i especially care about the next generation. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among people from the ages of 10 to 24. Lots of young people think about it. I thought about it at that time. But LGBT people in that age group are almost five times as likely to have attempted suicide than their heterosexual peers. And what's worse, LGBT youth who report coming from non-accepting and non-supportive families are eight times more likely than the other LGBT youth to have attempted suicide. So we're talking about Eight times more likely than the people who are already five times more likely than the people who are already stressed the hell out to try to kill themselves. And all of this is hugely exacerbated by the fact that you have idiots on TV and on the internet saying, Aha, this high suicide rate proves that this is all a mental disorder. No, it proves that these poor kids are being treated like perverts and freaks for just trying to exist.
1: Wait, wait. Being gay is not a mental disorder, neither is being bisexual. It's just your sexual orientation.
0: He's conflating people with gender dysphoria with people who are gay or bisexual. Having
1: gender dysphoria, I'm going to try not to get emotional here. Having gender dysphoria is a mental disorder, okay? Like, it's very hard for me to get, like, really... Because again, in spite of all of the offensive crap he says in this video, and all of his smug attitude about it, I want to hope that he's actually humane on some level enough to understand what I'm about to say to him. Having gender dysphoria is absolutely a mental disorder. (sighs) Wanting to cut out my genitals as a child because I was terrified and disgusted by them is not normal. Wanting to vomit When my partner, the father of my child, is reading to me about the daughter developing in my womb because it feels so alien and wrong to have that going on in my body, is a mental disorder. It is not remotely the same as being attracted to women as a female it is not normal it does not need to be celebrated it should not be celebrated and it should absolutely on no level be encouraged in anyone especially not children and it's should absolutely be treated with therapy and understanding and not with this lie that we can change sex and that it is arbitrary and everything else no no that is disgusting to lie to people that way And encourage this delusional thinking, no, no, you are a disgusting person for perpetuating that. And you are a disgusting person for perpetuating that people with DSDs and things like that are just, you know, just a normal thing. And they don't need treatment and they they don't need the understanding of the medical community and everything of sex and and their bodies that they require like that is awful you are an awful person for saying those things and i desperately hope that you come around to realizing this and that you behave accordingly like you you rectify all the damage you have done because you have done damage you have misinformed and misled people on a profound level and again I will say you are not helping like I have really really tried to not think of you as a bad person but I can no longer do that you have so vehemently like said things that are easily disproved and that are just morally reprehensible while then trying to condemn people for actually wanting to help others, for actually wanting to spread truth. So, no, I I really, really, really hope that you, um, you change and grow as a person and don't keep doing this because it is disgusting and i'm sorry for getting emotional i really am but this is very personal to me that's why i care that's why i care you don't have a dog in this fight bud you really don't like you (laughs) you're it's not that you're cis and mostly heterosexual no you are a healthy man psychologically other than, like, <laughs> your willful spread of misinformation and your deep misunderstanding. I'm, I just hope you're misguided, honestly. But other than that, you're healthy psychologically, assumedly. You are healthy physically, again, assumedly. Like, you seem like a healthy person. So no it is deeply offensive you do not have a dog in this fight to be spreading this misinformation this way on this scale like no like you do not speak for me you do not speak for people like me you do not speak for people with those conditions like no you are hurting us you're (sighs) this is not what good people do like so Sorry, but... Yeah. I really hope you see this message that I'm sending you right now. Like, I tried to be playful about, like, my distaste for you and what you're doing, but I... Because I don't like actually... (laughs) Hating people and being angry with people, but... No no like i can't i can't just keep playing around with it like it's it's not okay
0: and when a person is saying that these disorders that gender dysphoria that all these things are not actually disorders they're just they're just normal variations and that like this takes away from the importance of medical treatment of psychological care it takes away from the real like experience of having these conditions yeah and how traumatizing they can be how life-altering they can be how they've brought people to suicide
1: yeah do you know how desperately i really 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 wanted to not be a typical female physically like growing up i really wanted to believe like things that i believed were things that like i actually had an internal penis somewhere that eventually doctors would find and it would prove that i wasn't meant to be A girl or something like that like to lie to people and say that that's possible like oh my god like no that's not okay it's actually
0: it's actually fostering mental illness
1: yes like that kind of stuff that kind of messaging
0: it fosters anxiety depression like obsessive obsessive thoughts related to gender dysphoria like it is just it's really awful it really is.
1: And again, I don't know if you'll actually care about anything that I'm saying to you right now. I really don't. I don't know what kind of person you are. Like, right now, I do not have a high opinion of you at all. Um, but I I need to say it for me and for others. Like, <laughs> you're just you're terrible like that saying all of those things is terrible and acting like you're saying it from a place of like kindness and and education (laughs) like you're trying to help people like that's disgusting so all
0: he's done is just muddied things yeah and taken away from the real real deep traumatizing experiences of, of people with medical conditions
1: yeah no and by the way like encouraging kids with gender dysphoria to believe that at any moment they could find out that they have internal like sex organs of of somebody else or whatever like that's (laughs) yeah no again that's really awful i cannot believe that you're doing that like who does that like who does that in good conscience like that's awful i've also seen that kind of rhetoric to be used at people with dsds who suffer because of their conditions and people tell them how lucky they are because they wish that they had kleinfelters they wish they had turners they wish they had ais because oh that would be so validating like No, people like you are spreading that kind of thinking, and it's awful. It is deplorable. You should be ashamed of yourself, like, really genuinely ashamed of yourself. I am genuinely glad that I got exposed to this because, honestly, like... (laughs) It lets me know, like, what's out there. So there's, yeah. like, creeps spreading misinformation. And yeah,
0: absolutely. No, and whatever. But... Nobody has taken him to task yeah. at this level yet. Like, nobody has gone through, at least not that I've seen, like, broken down everything. <sighs> every single thing. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to do.
1: Yeah. No, and, and I, I'm glad I'm I I'm so to glad
0: we get to do this in detail because it needed to happen. It really did. Um, the amount of misinformation... The amount of carelessness and and bigotry towards people with medical yes. conditions is just unreal. So.
1: And I'm glad yeah. I get to do this too. Um, for again, and like people like me who had thoughts like that, or you know, even for my daughter when she yeah. gets older she'll know that creeps like this are liars and charlatans like spreading <laughs> grotesque misinformation yeah. with like this veneer of positivity and mm-hmm. kindness like yeah. and it, it's it's all bunk yeah so <laughs> i'm glad that i got to see this and i'm glad that i uh
0: <laughs> able really, to express really, all your uh, yeah. feelings about and it and
1: that I uh, I'm not sorry at all for being like for you know reacting any of the ways that I have <laughs> throughout this whole thing like I'm sorry if somebody thinks it's disrespectful for me again to to have made faces or whatever during his stuff but honestly, like, absurdist escapism through, like, yeah. joking and that kind of thing is the only way I can watch this and not just yeah. be shaking mad the whole time. Because I am really legitimately enraged. It's absolutely warranted
0: <laughs> to, to feel all those things. Yeah. Like, and I have been throughout nothing... this entire thing. Yeah.
1: And legitimately, there's, like, angry. There's nothing wrong with feeling with all those things. It's misinformation and obfuscation yeah. and everything that he, he does. Yeah so okay three and a half minutes to go (laughs) can we get there
0: (laughs) so he was conflating suicide statistics of he's just saying lgbt and then going into detail about but he didn't really separate lgb versus t and we know that trans people or people with gender dysphoria in general have much higher risk of suicide and also high comorbidities like anxiety and depression yes. compared to gays and bisexuals and lesbians different very yeah. different and <clears throat> that's because ultimately having gender dysphoria is is a mental illness yeah. It is a disorder a psychological disorder and it
1: comes with a lot of other comorbidities like yeah you were saying
0: obsessive compulsive yeah disorder or eating disorders or anxiety yeah. disorders depression autism spectrum disorders yeah yeah so these people are not hurting themselves yeah. because society is not treating them properly there's of course some people who
1: like that can, can happen
0: but that is not the overwhelming majority yeah the huge rates of comorbidities and the huge effort by society to celebrate this and to uh, accept people, all this evidence goes against the fact that Mm -hmm. they're supposedly being discriminated against, and that's the reason why they are hurting themselves so much.
1: But I'll tell you what, like being, you know, what did contribute to like my depression and things like that as a child with this were like these arguments that you know i it's something wrong with my body i was born in the wrong body like i as a six-year-old was contemplating killing myself to try and restart like as the sex i was supposed to be like yeah having the idea that my body was wrong and i was trapped in it that that kind of language you're trapped in your body like yeah. Trying to tell me that my body is wrong? Like, no, that's what you're doing ultimately with this. Like
0: yeah. No one is born in the wrong body. No. That is a that is a metaphysical belief system that has no basis in reality.
1: Yeah. What I needed to be told was yes, this is my body. No, it can't change. Yeah. Like to the opposite sex, but that it's okay and it's not gonna hurt me. That being female was not going to hurt me. And that I wasn't any more or less of a female than anybody else, even yeah.
2: though I didn't fit in.
1: <sighs> even though I was atypical. Yeah. And it, also, it
0: hurts those the most that are atypical. Yeah. That don't fit in.
1: And also, this stupid conflation with like sexuality. Yeah. Being attracted to females does not make me less female. Yeah.
0: <sighs> the only people I've seen arguing that for some reason. Being attracted to females as a female makes you less female, are people who are either bigoted traditionalists or people like Forrest, who have this air of, you know, being morally superior and thinking that they're yeah. helping people when they're harming, actively harming people.
1: Oh my gosh, sorry. It'd be easier for me not to ugly cry if I didn't have, like, I wasn't pregnant, too. <laughs> like,
0: uh, it's okay, Cynthia.
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to start up again.
0: <laughs> okay, so we can
3: finish this out.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: If the biggest problem that you're having in the 21st century is what people's genitals look like and what they're doing with their genitals in the company of other consenting adults, if, if, if that is the needle on your moral compass, I strongly encourage you to reevaluate your priorities. So he's using the old school civil
0: rights talking point of like, just leave us alone. We're, we want to be able to do things in our ho- own home, right? We don't want the government intruding into our lives. Yeah. And I completely agree. People yeah. should be able to do pretty much whatever they want in their own homes as long as they're not uh, hurting committing anybody. hurting anybody, right? And um, on top of that, there are places in society or situations where it is important to know the person's sex. Yes. Sports are divided on the basis of sex due to the male performance advantage, the overwhelming male performance advantage that far outweighs equally trained females. And that's a safety and fairness risk for females with males competing in sports males should not be in in sports with females and then the other thing is single sex spaces yes like bathrooms and changing rooms and places where women and girls are are vulnerable and because
1: of those average behavioral patterns males do commit sexual violence towards females a lot more than the other way around
0: yeah it doesn't mean that
1: towards one another
0: yeah it doesn't mean that all males or most males commit right. commit sexual just crimes, but it that means that we
1: don't know which ones are going to do that, and that we know that based on statistics, like the majority of sex crimes, like penises are weaponized and things like that. So, like,
0: and that only males, for the most part, commit sexual crimes yeah, compared to females. For the most part, for yes. the most part, the overwhelming majority. It's 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 that not it's basically not the majority of men don't commit for example rape but it's usually only men that do so
1: yeah it's,
0: um the yeah.
1: majority of them don't but the majority of rapes are committed by men yeah like the overwhelming majority yeah
0: upwards of 90 yeah. plus 98 percent based on based on u.s statistics
1: and yeah so that's why those things are important to um <clears throat> And as a female who has experienced that too, Forrest, I can tell you that I really value single sex spaces where I am vulnerable. And so do a lot of other women. Um but I mean, yeah, I'm sure you would argue with us about that too. Again, as someone who has no dog in this fight and, and again
0: here, like denying Yeah, what male and female are yeah. really hurts. It the does. ones that are most affected by sex like like women it does. and girls.
1: Yeah. So
3: and maybe you still don't believe me. Maybe you think that I've just gotten something totally wrong or that I misinterpreted the data. I know you That's did. fine. I'm an evolutionary biologist and I mainly study bioanthropology. I am not a geneticist. I am not a developmental biologist. So I would hit You're the limit of my understanding that. in this topic well before I hit the limit of what there is to be understood. But I should point out that even considering that I have not even scratched the surface of what I could have talked about here, but... To
0: to say that he barely scratched the surface is kind of, it's like a compliment at best. What's really going on is he's actually just misinforming everybody, lying about what the reality is, muddying everything, obfuscating. It's not skimming the surface. No. Like, as I said, at best, it's a superficial understanding, but that's... It's That's like, not even. Did you
1: even look at it?
0: Yeah. Did you even look at it? Like.
1: Like, did you touch the surface? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he said he touched. I the made
0: surface. a li- I made a list of all the major things, and when it came to the biology of sex, that he got wrong. He misused the terms dioecious and monoecious as we described earlier. He conflates what determines sex on the genetic level with what defines sex. So the mechanisms that develop your sex versus what your sex is, and then he conflated sex characteristics across species and humans with sex itself, saying that. If, you're, if you have atypical sex characteristics, that you're not male or female, or that you have atypical behavior that you're not male or female, then we can't define the sexes. He uh, claimed that hormones do not do anything. He also claimed that the idea that humans are born male or female is deeply flawed. He misunderstood the gamete size definition. He thought that gamete size is about the literal size and not about, a, and not about what the size differences represent for their roles in reproduction how those two different sizes contribute different resources to the zygote. He also claimed that um, sperm variation, he misunderstood sperm variation. He thought that different sizes of sperm are evidence of new sexes. They're not. They're just different sizes of sperm. They all have the function of fertilizing the female's egg. He also used the infertility fallacy to argue that If something is not presently functioning, it cannot be categorized, which would just destroy medical treatment. And also, and worse, that the definition should be abandoned as arbitrary. He conflated isogamy with anisogamy to argue that the definition of the sexes is arbitrary. It's not. Those are two completely different sexual systems. Isogamy has no sexes, and anisogamy, what humans have, have two sexes. He also argued that trans people have oppos- opposite-sex brains, but after controlling for sexual orientation, we see that trans people who have, who are homosexual have, homo- have brains that are more typical of homosexuals, and trans people who are heterosexual have brains more typical of heterosexuals. So really what's going on in the trans brain argument is that there are differences on the areas that are controlling for body processing, and self-processing, and self-perception. He argued that there's no difference between healthy development and disorder development, and that is incredibly dangerous and destructive for people who have disorders to say to them that you don't need medical treatment, that your body does not need to be treated, that your psycholo- psychological condition does not need to be treated, that you're just a healthy variation. It's very harmful to those people and minimizes their actual experiences. He argues that sex is a cluster of traits that all vary independently, but they do not. Your genes determine your gonadal tissue. Your gonads produce certain hormones that help build your internal and external genitalia. They're all interconnected. It's, it's a, an entire system, dependent and ordered, and it is sequential and hierarchical. Yeah. He also claimed that humans can have both a penis and vagina, or even two penises, or <laughs> two vaginas. And no human has been born with both a penis and vagina, and you cannot have both. (laughs) Although
1: I mentioned this in the um, the neuroscience video that we did, he is just saying trans people as opposed to people with gender dysphoria. Not all of us transitioned. We don't all like consider ourselves trans. We're not trans. We have gender dysphoria. There's a difference, and by saying that, like just trans people you might make someone who has gender dysphoria, but transition wouldn't work for like me, like you might make them wanna transition or make mistakes that they can't reverse like medically. Like I considered very seriously whether or not to transition when I was younger. And I'm glad that I didn't. I'm so happy that I didn't, especially now with all of the studies about cross-sex hormones. And puberty blockers and everything that we're seeing, like, so, yeah, like, it, it's really harmful because you're pushing us all down that path, like, arbitrarily. Again, you're doing this stupid thing where you're pushing us all down this path arbitrarily, like, if you have gender dysphoria, you are trans. No. Nope. And I, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself, if I wasn't bisexual, I wouldn't consider myself LGBT q whatever because i'm not a t and i'm not a q i'm a b like (laughs) but i'm not like
0: and just because somebody is maybe lesbian or gay or bisexual or trans doesn't mean that they have all the same views as yeah as everybody else in that in that grouping you know it's an incredibly diverse group now
1: who's like forcing an idea or pushing an idea like it's you it's always you it's you you're pushing like really harmful Mm -hmm. or aggressive crap and like
0: he looks really defensive right now.
1: Well, he always does.
3: Well, <laughs> that being said, as a scientist and an educator, it is my job to cite my sources. So here's a list of <laughs> Thank some you. of the books and the studies and the peer-reviewed scientific papers that I use to make this video that support my arguments.
1: Except for the one about wallabies. That doesn't exist, apparently. <laughs>
0: or misrepresented.
1: <laughs> yeah, or misrepresented.
0: We'll, we'll spare you this, but he scrolls through all the 200 and... Thirty-something sources or so, and one problem with this is that it's a fast-scrolling slide of hundreds of citations. They're not referenced to the specific claims that he made, so you don't know which citation is for what claim,
1: or even if he used the or citation even if he used the citation the at
0: all, right? Yeah. So that's a major problem. Um, this is what's called a gish gallop. I mentioned before, listing a bunch of just information that might not have anything to do with what he's specifically saying and trying to overwhelm the opponent with with complexity or with yeah. a dump of information and so and he says to read those and, yeah. and get back to him knowing full well that it's not reasonable for someone to try right. who's trying to first learn about the topic exactly. to do that right they, they have nowhere to start no no clue yeah. where to start so it's not actually helping people learn
1: no and further again like i said there's no way to know if he used all of these citations in the making of this video there's no way to know if like which ones he's misrepresenting or like anything like that either like clearly he is misrepresenting a fair amount of these
0: (laughs) yeah when I when I wrote my books on sex and gender every time I had a claim a scientific claim I cited it with a footnote on that page And it will say the author's name and the date that it was written. And you yeah. can go to the bibliography and look at the full citation. And you can see, oh, Zach claimed this here. And he said that this was backed up by this citation. Right. So now I can go see the full citation name, look up the paper, read it, and see if it matches yeah. the, what I'm saying. Right. And again... He didn't do that at all here.
1: Right. Clearly, I'm saying clearly he misrepresented some of these because I can see, like, just the ones that are up on the screen. Like, I mean... <laughs> We've gone through some of these because of your stuff. Yeah. A lot of these so, a lot of these sources
0: I've actually used yeah. in my gender paradox book, in the videos that I've yeah. created at the Paradox Institute and in the articles we've done. Many of these studies are cited there. Yeah. But and like they don't back up what he no. what his overarching claims are.
1: No, and we know from having gone through all the studies that we've gone through yeah. with sex stuff that like He's not supporting any of his ideas with actual biology or anything like that. Like, yes, he's regurgitating certain facts from biology. But misrepresenting them in the context. misrepresenting what they mean in the context. And for some reason, applying them to people. Like, when some of them don't have anything to do with people. Or, again, like saying things about people with DSDs that isn't true and, and things like that. So...
0: For example, you can see here that he cited Bell, 1978, The Evolution of Anisogamy, Journal of Theoretical Biology. This is one of the sources I've used to back up my claims with how the two sexes evolved. Yeah. And th- this is part of the long, extensive body of research on the evolution of male and female. These biologists know what male and female are. Yeah, They're very clear about that in the literature. And anyone who has a good understanding of the literature and has read these studies will under- will know what, what, what they mean, what male and female are because of that. And he's just misrepresenting these completely. Uh, another thing I want to say is that he's, he's shown that he's not interested in clarifying and teaching or helping others learn. He's interested in pushing a specific agenda and making those who are not deeply educated in biology feel overwhelmed with all the complexity and all the citations, but with no helpful method to verify what he's mm-hmm. saying.
1: And for pushing, I mean, it seems like pushing those of us who don't fit, like, within normal or, like, average male-female, like, behaviors or body types or, you know, development into believing that we are something other and that's not okay either like that's really messed up and he's leading people to believe that about us too yeah like no
0: so here's what i will do so for those of you that are on youtube and can access the description of this video i will break down this entire feature length video into timestamp sections dividing it into the topic And then for every single timestamp section, I will have peer-reviewed citations listed there for every claim. So each peer-reviewed citation will be linked to the timestamp. So you can see when we're talking about something or responding to to Forrest's points, you can see what literature that we're using to back up our specific points. And that way it's very clear instead of what he did, which is just dump sources without linking them. To the specific claims
1: yeah well all he knows how to do is just like dump stuff and regurgitate and like deconstruct so
0: and ultimately that leaves you with no ability to operate in the worry. world no ability to treat people who need help yeah. no ability to understand ourselves in our society it's a recipe for just the dismantling of of objective reality like being able to operate in the world so that's ultimately what this video is about it's about obfuscation muddying the actual truth of sex and sex development Mm -hmm. and to make it seem like we're all just we all just exist on this arbitrary spectrum and there's no way to define really anything and it's an awful awful worldview and it's led to so many to the erosion of so many things in our society
1: yeah and to real-world harms yeah. for people who have problems that Forrest will never understand, yep. like gender dysphoria or like a DSD. Like, he's never going to get it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, he's he'll say he does, he doesn't, and he won't. Yep. So, whatever. I, I just, I really hope that he grows a conscience and um, stops spreading misinformation, because yeah, I'd rather not see more people get hurt because Mm -hmm. of people like him.
0: Thanks for listening, guys. I know this was a long one, but we wanted to detail out every single point and make sure that we addressed everything Forrest said. So appreciate you listening and watching. And
1: I'm sorry for crying in your ears.
0: (laughs) I'm glad you got all your feelings out. We're able to express all that that was important, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And for people who relate to your experiences or relate to similar things i think that was helpful too for people to hear so
1: yeah it's so embarrassing kind of it's but,
0: okay.
1: <laughs> but yeah. thank you guys thank you for listening